high will the rookies be picked tonight? What round will the tight end run begin? And which one of these three leagues truly sets the FFPC ADP? Join us tonight for two solid hours of live pick-by-pick draft coverage of the first FFPC 150 classic leagues of the season, the Genesis, the Revelations, and the Apocalypse Leagues. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Everybody, if you got what it takes, because I'm KRS and I'm on the mic and premieres on the break. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. With the master Salutations, all of you Balkaholics and Gerzakanatics. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. And my co-host is indeed the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, we cover the first FFPC $150 classic drafts of the season live pick by pick. If you wanted to follow along with the draft boards, you can do so at our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash highstakesfantasyfootball. Dave, welcome in, man. It is good to have you on. And uh, What's that annoying noise? I don't know what that is. I'm trying to figure it out right now, man. And if uh, anybody is losing sound, uh, God bless you. Uh, if anybody is, if anybody <laughs> is, going on? I don't know. If anybody is losing sound in the, um, as far as the uh, blog talk radio feed goes, go ahead and give it a refresh. Blitzdemania, aka Jeremy Roach, is uh, is is telling us that uh, that uh, if you refresh, you you should be good to go here. I'm going to try to fix the sound here, and uh, we should be good to go. All right. So this is the first uh, live drafts of the season. We have three of them for you tonight. But basically, the plan is is we're going to spend the first 50 minutes with Genesis. We're going to spend the next 50 minutes with Revelations. And then for the last uh, 10, 15 minutes of the show, we're going to be tuned into Apocalypse. That's right, a third draft tonight. We're going to be covering three of them for you. And uh, Apocalypse is the third uh, $150 entry draft of the night. And we'll be covering that for you for the last 15 minutes of the show. Now, as a reminder, if you are tuning in for the first time, I want to remind everybody, the Football Guys Players Championship, which kicks off tomorrow afternoon, the early bird promotion is on. Free $35 FFPC team credit. Make sure you're registering now. As long as you are registering before June 30th and drafting before July 15th, you're going to get a free $35 team credit. We'll do that up to three times for you. The FFPC main event early bird expires at the end of this month. Uh, Room discounts at Planet Hollywood at myffpc.com. Check that out. Register for best ball drafts at the $35, $77, and $250 
uh, levels now. Uh, Dynasty Startups also available. I think we have some spots open, uh, Dave, uh, in the uh, in the Dynasty Startups tomorrow. Uh, do you know if there's any, are they all filled? They're all yeah, filled. They're all filled. Uh, anything that was not quite close to filling, we pushed to next week. So next week we still. So the 18th, yeah, or oh, the excuse 11th. me, the 11th, yeah, the 11th. There's there's stuff going on Nothing there. Nothing better than drafting the day before Mother's Day. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. So uh, and then the other thing to to keep in mind is Rotoviz uh, High Stakes Lowdown. Check that out. It's a new episode this week, and I I will go ahead and say it is your definitive guide to FFPC rookie drafts. We had Greg McLean, Pay the Manning. He is drafting in two different leagues tonight oh, genesis nice. and apocalypse you can hear from him rotaviz.com slash podcast you can also check it out at the spreaker channel apple podcasts uh i believe spotify as well i could be wrong on that tune in radio spreaker uh what have you and that is all available there great stuff from him that uh came out yesterday uh and i learned a lot uh including a surprising pick at the 101 for ffpc dynasty keep that in mind all right let's get into it tonight we are covering the genesis draft First, and I'll go through the uh, top or the, the competitors tonight as they are already in the mid-second round. We'll get into the coverage in a, in a second here. Rafael de Afonseca, uh, Salvador Jen, is drafting up the one spot. Our good buddy Hudson Kern-Reeve, the Truth Warrior Supreme team out of the two. Stuart Keene is uh, team LOB in the three spot. Robert Marshall, of course, fantasy dum-dums hitting cleanup tonight. Uh, Brad Kirkland, the notorious B1G, a.k.a. notorious B.I.G., is uh, drafting out of the number five hole tonight. Andy Lund's no Saquon is out of the six, and quite frankly, you aren't getting Saquon at the six anyway. Uh, the defending champion of the Revelations draft, in fact, the two-time defending champion of the Revelations draft, decided to infiltrate Genesis tonight. And now, Dave, as you know, Genesis over the last couple of years has been made up of the FFPC Dynasty 26ers. Tonight, the lone non-26er in the Genesis draft is indeed Ron Meyer. He is drafting seventh out of uh, out of uh, that spot tonight. As we make the AD, or excuse me, Revelations, we make the ADP. <laughs> that is the seventh spot. Brad Kazima, Cavs of the North, is uh, out of the eighth spot. John Walters NFL style squad will be selecting out of the nine hole. Clint Ostermiller's meathead is the ten spot. Of course, the aforementioned Greg McLean's pay the Manning. Uh, the penultimate pick in the first round of the Genesis picks uh, tonight. And then Dustin Hayek, uh, his beast, the Stone Cold Beast, the 12 spot tonight. And we are uh, halfway through the second round. Let's get through the first round. First of all, Dave, how are you? I'm doing very well, Valky. How are you? Does it seem like this NFL season is sneaking up on you? It does, actually. You know, it was really going slowly, but now it seems like it, it's time to start drafting a little bit. Uh, it, it, it totally is. And uh, I, I feel like I've said this the last few years uh, on this show, and, and maybe it's just because I'm less and less prepared every single year. But the people who are in the chat room, shout out to all you guys. We've got a bunch of people in there, right? If you want to ask any questions, just post your questions right in the chat room. YouTube.com slash H, uh, excuse me, slash High Stakes Fantasy Football is the streaming draft board. We have a chat going on right there. You have a chat going on in the BTR. Uh, of course, uh, Twitter.com. You can uh, chime in there at HSFFR, at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak, Facebook.com slash HSFFR. If you want to give the show a call, and I'm looking at you, draft competitors, 347-426-3682, highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. I forgot the, the cool name, way to say the phone number, 347-GAME-OVA. Uh, our producer, Mitchell, friend Rob, is working double duty because our audio engineer, Bryce, is commissioning all three of these drafts tonight. So kudos to him. Let's get into the analysis, Dave. 
Uh, Salvador Jen takes Saquon Barkley at the 101 in Genesis. Ezekiel Elliott goes at the 102. And the hulked up, bulked up Christian McCaffrey, I know you love him, the Carolina Panthers running back, goes to LOB at the 103. That's Stuart Keene's team. Alvin Kamara to Fantasy Dum Dums. Robert Marshall takes him at the 104. So we uh, start off with four straight running backs. DeAndre Hopkins at the 105, followed by Odell Beckham. We'll talk about that pick in a minute. Odell Beckham goes at the 106 to Andy Lund. David Johnson off the board, the rejuvenated Arizona Cardinals defense, or excuse me, offense, uh, featuring David Johnson. Uh, that is uh, Ron Meyer taking him at the 107. First tight end is off the board at the 108 as Brad Kazima, or Kazima, excuse me, at the 108 takes Travis Kelsey. Devontae Adams goes right off the board to John Walter, and then three straight running backs to finish the first round. It is Todd Gurley to Clint Ostermiller. It is Le'Veon Bell to Greg McClain, and it is Melvin Gordon to Dustin Hayek. So what stands out to you in the Genesis first-round picks tonight, Dave? What stands out to me? What's, what's the most surprising pick? What's the most shocking pick? What's the pick that you want to talk about right here out of these top 12? Well, I think you have to talk about Todd Gurley at the pick 110. You know, he had been, I think, around the six-ish range, so he slipped a little bit. You know, there's the arthritis concerns. And now you have them take Daryl Henderson. Is that is the correct name? Correct, and, yes. Uh, what was it, the second, third? They third round. The third third, they, they traded up in the third round to get him. Yes. Picks, yeah, two late thirds to pick, to pick him in the early third. And he was one of the, you know, he had a high yards per carry. He's a pretty good back. They're talking about him as a change of pace back. But McVeigh is pretty much a liar. I mean, he really has lied a lot. Yes. And, uh, and, and that's fine. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. So I, there's serious concerns about Gurley. That's why he slipped four spots. He could represent a value there, but I, I do still think that's – even at 10, I think it's risky. We've talked about that before. That we, I think Gurley's a risky pick. He goes at the 107 on average in FFPC best ball drafts right now. He slips to the 110 tonight. And, Dave, I, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn when I say I feel like when we get to the main event in September – well, actually, when we get to the main event, what do they start, August 10th this year for FFPC main event? Not the 10th. The third week of preseason. So August twenty fourth, twenty fifth. Yeah, yeah. Kentucky. So yeah, exactly. So they'll be going on then. I feel like at this is more realistic for Todd Gurley, uh, where he's going right now. I think that is more true to it because we're getting more information on this. And I, you know, Todd Gurley was interviewed um, a couple of weeks ago, and people were asking about his knee. And what would you expect a guy, a player, to say? if he's interviewed about a potentially serious knee condition. For me, I would expect to hear, it's great, I'm 100%, I can't wait to get out there, right? right yeah. You'd expect that from the player, right? right? Yeah. You know what he said? Oh, what? That's, it's pretty good. Yeah. Taking it day by day, we'll <laughs> see. That is not good. Well, then you saw the TMZ video, which that did not look good. No, 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 no. So I am not feeling great about Todd Gurley, and I, and I think he might even be a second-round pick when it's all said and done. I don't think that's, that's speaking on a turn well, here. Well, time goes on. I mean, in preseason, he may or may not get, he may not get run at all, and, and uh, if he's not getting any playing time, not getting any preseason carries, which kind of makes sense even if... But, but the Rams typically don't play their starters in preseason. Understandable, too. but nevertheless, but still people are going to be questioning, where is he at? You know, they're going to be looking at practice stuff. The information is going to have to come out. There'll be, there'll be rumors and stuff like he that. He is going to be a true wild card because I think there's going to be a lot of non-information, misinformation when we get to that point at the end of August. We'll see what happens with that. The other pick I want to talk about in the first round here is no Saquon. Andy Lund taking Odell Beckham as the second receiver off the board here behind DeAndre Hopkins. I know you're a Beckham believer in 2019. Is this a spot you would be comfortable with here? 
Uh, you know, I'm going to stay with David Johnson there, but actually I do like the Beckham pick. I like Beckham quite a bit this year. I think he's going to be great. Uh, second year with Baker Mayfield. I mean, what's wrong with that? Well, first year with Baker Mayfield. Well, second, second year off Baker Mayfield. Right, correct. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I think they're going to have some good chemistry together. He's playing with a much better quarterback. Manning has been a shell of the former self, and, and even then Beckham was productive. Do you think uh, – well, well, we'll get to uh, the other guy I want to talk about in a, in a little bit when he gets elected. I'll, I'll stay away from that right now. Le'Veon Bell to 111, does he represent a value to you at that point? Um, or did, is, does that just seem right to you given that he did not play – uh, football last year. He is going at the 109 in FFPC best balls on average right now. That seems all right. 109, and so he went two picks later. Uh, he's a great, he's a PPR monster. He's going to play with the young quarterback and Darnold. But the Jets seem like they're, they're coming around. Even if they don't score a ton of points, Bell could still get his and do very well. He uh, definitely could. Let's get into the second round here. And leading things off, Stone Cold Beast, Dustin Hayek, takes Nick Chubb at the 201 tonight, Dave. Now, this is interesting, and, and we'll, we'll settle on this for a little bit, because normally he is going at the 206. So Hayek making his stand, look, I'm not going to get Chubb when it comes back to me at the 312. If I want him, i got to draft him now. How comfortable would you be taking Nick Chubb at the 201 when, as you just mentioned, Baker Mayfield in the second year after coming off a 27-touchdown rookie season, he gets Odell Beckham, he gets a second year of David Njoku, he gets, um, who's the other cat catching balls in, in Cleveland this year that I'm forgetting? Who did you just say, Landry? I said, oh, Landry, Jarvis Landry, yeah. So he yeah, had, Callaway, which is a right, Callaway, whatever. But but uh, Nick Chubb at the 201, is that a player that you can get on board with as the first pick in the second round, knowing you can't, you won't have any shot at, him at the 312? Oh, yeah, that's a, it, it's, not a, it's probably not a bad pick. With Chubb, I'm concerned about his lack of reception. He does have Kareem Hunt to deal with probably you know, in weeks 9 through 16 or 17. Uh, so I, I might have gone a little bit of a different direction, but I, I can't fault him for it because Chubb legitimately could have 16 touchdowns if the offense is, is humming. We're he's, gonna, great, he's a really good running back. I think his talent is outstanding. He is fantastic and well worth the second-round price tag right now. Are you at all concerned that he did not catch a ton of passes last year? We all love these pass-catching running backs, but, I mean, that's certainly something to be wary of. Yeah, I'd absolutely. That's a, big, that's a concern of mine. I might have gone Michael Thomas there, but, I mean, really, or Julio. Um, uh, you know, you can't fault the Chubb pick if you think he's – if you think he's – he might get – if he gets just 35 passes, that's probably enough for a player like this. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, starting your draft off, Melvin Gordon and Nick Chubb at the 112 and the 201, you can do a lot worse than that. Let's go to the 803 for our first phone call of the evening. You are on the air at the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak coming at you. To whom are we speaking? Hey, guys, this is Brian Studebaker, real man of genius, representing the Revelations League. We're, we're, Brian, we're not on the Revelations draft yet, and, and, and you're already calling in. Listen, I like the moxie. I like the chutzpah. We haven't covered it yet. Can you tell us an update on Revelations? Is there anything shocking? Uh, can you tell us about what, what your draft looks like thus far? Everything thus far has been uh, been pretty much what you would expect all the way around. Nobody Nobody's really reaching you know yet. We're almost at the end of the third round. So sorry for calling in a little early, guys. I missed the memo. No, that's all right. That's all right. You were picking third in Revelations. I expected Revelations to come first. Yeah, <laughs> no, listen, Ron Meyer is probably saying the same thing. You were picking third in Revelations tonight. Can you tell us how deep you are in the draft and what your team looks like this thus far? Yeah, we just finished the third round, and I, um, I was picking out of the three-hole, and I have uh, Alvin Kamara at the 103, and then Antonio Brown and Julian Edelman at the 2-3 turn. 
This is interesting. Okay, and for, of course, uh, anybody who's a fan of the show has already heard Brian Studebaker on the High Stakes Fantasy Footballer. They've already heard Brian Studebaker on the road of his High Stakes Lowdown as one of the more talented dynasty drafters out there. So let's talk about your second-round pick in Antonio Brown, moving to a new offense, moving to a new quarterback, moving out to the West Coast as he is now a Raider instead of a Steeler. So you look at Antonio Brown catching passes from Derek Carr this year. You got him at the 210. He normally is going at the 211, so I think that's right in the wheelhouse. Can you talk a little bit about what you foresee for Antonio Brown as a Raider in 2019? Yeah, absolutely. I think the big thing with Antonio Brown is um, unlike even when he was in Pittsburgh, even though the quarterback situation is not going to be near as talented, he is going to see a ton of targets. I mean, I struggle to even see who else Oakland's going to throw the ball to, so I think he is going to get a ton of targets as much as he can handle this year. What about a Julian Edelman? Because that your 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 third round pick is normally going at the four twelve and FFPC best balls, and and you get him at the three oh three tonight. Now you look at the Patriots, and I know you're going to touch on this when I ask you about it. But there's no Gronkowski. Uh, Tom Brady is another year older. I guess maybe that doesn't make a, a whole uh, lot of difference since since he's seemingly ageless. But they draft Nikhil Harry. Uh, they already, you know, they signed Demarius Thomas. Uh, maybe it's the trusted uh, hands of Julian Edelman that turns out like another 80 to 90 catch season. Is that what you're foreseeing with Edelman? Yeah, 100%. I know Edelman's had, you know, whether it's been injury or suspension issues, but if you look at his points per game on a regular basis, Edelman's always right there kind of floating around, uh, you know, wide receiver 10 to 14 in points per game. And I just I just love that, you know, that floor, to be, to be honest. I mean, I know – I know you're not getting many 20, 25-point games out of Edelman, but I'll, I'll take the 17 or 18 every week. I have a question. I'm, I'm not trying to be the Debbie Dollar here about Julian Edelman, but he did get suspended for four games last year for PEDs. Is that correct, Falky? I mean, is that right? That is correct. So if Edelman, and I'm kind of asking before, if he gets, if he gets hit again, and by looking at it, you know, he always looks ripped, right? So, I mean, if he gets hit again, is that a one-year suspension for Edelman? I mean, no one ever talks or really thinks about that. I just kind of just thought of it off the top of my head. Brian, does that scare you at all? It would if I was playing what I typically play, which is dynasty leagues. But when it uh, when it comes down to redraft, I'm I'm willing to roll the dice. I can get you know get Edelman to behave for a few months. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, listen, that's that's listen. You get whatever you can, Brian. As, as that's going to be a downer. So no, 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 that's fine. That's totally fine, Brian. As long as we're talking dynasty, let's talk about a guy that we talked about on the road of this high stakes lowdown, uh, Debo Samuel, who goes with one of the first few picks in the second round of the NFL draft to San Francisco. A team that's really lacking a number one receiver, what do you foresee as far as redraft goes this year? I mean, can we expect 70 catches? Is, is that assuming too much? I know you like his game, but what does it mean catching passes out in San Francisco from Jimmy Garoppolo in 2019? Yeah, I, I think as you guys know, I'm I'm from here right in South Carolina and um, got to watch Debo play a good bit. I tell you what, those 70 catches, that's, that's pretty ambitious. If I knew I was getting 70 catches out of him, I'd probably have him at about the 104 or 105 in a dynasty league. But I just think there's a lot of unknowns in San Francisco between, you know, Garoppolo being hurt last year, limited, you know, amount of games that he's played. You know, I think George Kittle's about the only, the only option there that I want to bet on in the early rounds. But a guy like Debo, I mean, maybe round 15 or on, I, I can see taking a stab at him, but not too much earlier than that for me. Brian Studebaker joining us, uh, the real men of genius drafting at the uh, third spot in the Revelations draft tonight. We're going to cover that 
Uh, coming up roughly in the next half hour or so, we'll we'll analyze uh, Brian's draft. We're going to get back to the Genesis. Brian, listen, we really appreciate you calling in tonight, talking a little dynasty with us, talking a little redraft. Uh, and good luck to you in uh, Revelations the rest of the league. Good luck to you in all your leagues this year, man. And uh, we'll we'll talk again real soon. Thanks so much. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks a lot. Brian Studebaker, real men of genius and revelation. Let's get back to Genesis. I believe we left off at the 202. We're going to play a little catch-up here. Michael Thomas, the first receiver off the board in round two, going to Greg McClain to pair with his Le'Veon Bell. James Conner, the 203 pick tonight to Clint Ostermiller as he starts off with a girly Conner start here. Mixon, uh, Joe Mixon, the running back for the Cincinnati Bengals, going right after that to John Walter. Julio Jones to pair with Travis Kelsey to Brad Kazima. Uh, then we have the second tight end of the uh, night going uh, off the board to Ron Meyer. Zach Ertz pairs with his David Johnson. Mike Evans continues the receiver-receiver start for Andy Lund here in the second round. Dalvin Cook, the Minnesota Vikings running back, pairing with DeAndre Hopkins to Brad Kirkland. And then the third tight end, George Kittle. I, I, I don't think we're you know breaking any molds here. I think he has been the third tight end. Off the board, uh, Robert Marshall takes him tonight at the uh, 209 in Genesis. We're going to finish round two here with three straight receivers, Dave. Juju Smith-Schuster to Stuart Keen, Antonio Brown to Hudson Kern-Reeve, and then Amari Cooper to Rafael de Afonseca at the uh, 212 final pick of the second round in the Genesis draft tonight uh, to pair with his Saquon Barkley. Juju Smith-Schuster at the 210, Antonio Brown at the 211. Teammates in 2018, adversaries in 2019. Which player do you like better for redraft leagues this year, my friend? I got to go back to quarterback, and I'm going back to Roethlisberger, so I'm taking Juju. I just, uh, Derek Carr, I make all the eyeliner jokes time and again. They're maybe funny sometimes, but this is, Brown's going to have a ton of targets, but why didn't he make it work with Mari Cooper? I don't really know why. Mari Cooper's a different player than Antonio Brown. And, you know, honestly, I don't really care for Antonio Brown's behavior on Twitter. I know as weird as that sounds, it doesn't sound like he's a happy man. It doesn't sound like he's a happy person. Whereas Juju, you see him on Twitter, he's over there frolicking around. like Riding his bike. Yeah, it's like all rainbows and unicorns with Juju. I, I feel like a happy person plays better. And I, I look at, if you're looking at the ways, I mean, you know, granted, the person who took, uh, you know, Truth Warrior didn't have a shot at Juju anyway at the, at the 211. Right. Uh, I just feel like Juju's on the upswing still and Brown is, you know, on the downswing of his career a little bit. And, uh, you know, I was listening to the uh, ESPN Fantasy Focus podcast, and I apologize to anybody who's offended by that. But I will say this. Matthew Berry actually said, and I would never say this on the air, but I'm glad he did. Um, he's like, you know, we, we, we call it the flake scale on the show, right? right. Um, he's like, Antonio Brown, quite frankly, he's a little crazy. <laughs> yeah. This is a guy who's hung out with Antonio Brown, who's interviewed Antonio Brown. Right, like, yeah. He's a little crazy. Um, and, uh, and I get it, you know, I mean, I mean, I, I certainly think that there's a, is it, I don't think it's a stretch for me to say, Dave, that Juju Smith Schuster has the higher, um, has the higher floor this year. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, absolutely. And, and he has a better quarterback, obviously. So I think there's a, I don't want to say there's less risk, but I, I would feel more comfortable drafting Juju Smith Schuster at this point this year, uh, rather than Antonio Brown. So I get it. Antonio Brown is, is probably a Hall of Famer, uh, and, and, you know, you won't get a quarrel from me on that. But at this point in 2019, I think Smith-Schuster makes a little bit more sense. Um, I don't really have anything else to say. Um, I kind of like the Dallin Cook pick. In this okay, let, yeah, I, I actually was lingering on his name a little bit. Talk about a little bit why you like him. 
Well, you know, he's a he's a highly drafted player, pedigreed back. He can catch passes. He's the lone man in the backfield. All they drafted was that Alexander Madison. Fellow. Boise State, yep. Yeah, and so the nice thing about taking Cook is you can get Alexander, is it Madison? Is that how you Madison, it? yep, Madison. yep, exactly. Uh, in the 17th round, probably, or 16th, wherever, fairly free. Maybe maybe the 14th if you have to reach on him. But you, then you can back up back up that offense. I, I like the Dalvin Cook pick, and it's a, it is a good offense. It's pretty, you know, definitely the top, top 14. So. Alexander Madison going at the 2307 in FFPC best ball since the NFL draft. So I, I would expect that number to go up, no question. Let's move on to the third round here, Dave. Keenan Allen uh, going to uh, Rafael De Alfonseca at the 301, followed by number four tight end off the board. O.J. Howard, the uh, tight end from Tampa Bay, going to Hudson Kern Reeve there. That's interesting. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Another interesting pick, Marlon Mack, the 303 tonight for Stuart Keene. Uh, Stephon Diggs right after that, followed by a massive running back run. It is Leonard Fournette to Brad Kirkland. It is Damian Williams to Andy Lund, followed by Kerryon Johnson to Ron Meyer. Devontae Freeman goes to Brad Kazima. And then, uh, uh, excuse me, that was, yeah, Devontae Freeman. Derek Henry uh, right after that to John Walter. And then running uh, that running back run to the end, it's Sony Michelle going to Clint Ostermiller there. A couple of receivers finish up round three. That's Adam Thielen to Greg McClain and T.Y. Hilton. Dustin Hayek, and that is your third round tonight. Uh, let's move back a little bit here and talk a little bit about uh, O.J. Howard, my friend. It is O.J. Howard tonight going normally at the 407 in FFPC best balls. Tonight he goes at the 302 to longtime listener, longtime fan of the show, Hudson Kern-Reed. I, don't, I, I shouldn't have prefaced that because I want your real opinions on this. I don't want you to sugarcoat this for, for Kern here. But seems a little bit early for O.J. Howard. You probably wouldn't get him in the fourth round, so if you really like him, you got to get him there. But it, it, it strikes me as a little bit early, especially with all these other running backs that you saw go in the third round that he could have had there instead. Yeah, and my, I personally would have passed on Howard and taken the – there was probably a, maybe a 25% chance he came back to him with the 411 if his ADP is the 407. I'm not yeah. saying Kern may not have known that. Uh, also, Howard, you're really Kern, projecting Kern's a Kern's an Ivy League professor. He knows everything. You're projecting a breakout here, and you still have to compete with targets with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Godwin's highly hyped, and the team's been talking about throwing to him a million times. And that offense traditionally hasn't really featured tight ends. Is that, am I being incorrect there? Or is that for, for Tampa? No, the, the offensive system that they're using. Oh, Arians. Oh, yeah. yeah, Arians yeah. in the former Arizona no, offense. They yeah. always use a slot guy. And that was we're projecting that to be maybe Justin Watson possibly, or I don't know if Watson's going to play outside and Godwin's inside. But then where are the targets for Howard? He's supposed to deal with Cameron Bray. To me, yeah, that's a, to me that's way earlier than I would take. And, and, you know, the one guy that they've been talking no, about. Sure. The one guy they've been talking up. Uh, as far as like the, the pre well, not the preseason, we're not in the preseason, but the off season goes, who's the one guy that you've heard? Godwin. No, uh, oh. just pass catchers in general, not necessarily receivers. Who's the one guy to say, hey, who's impressed you the most uh, so far, Coach Aarons? Hey, uh, who's, uh, who's the GM there? I can see him, Jason Lee. Um, who's the one guy who's impressed you the most so far in off season workouts? Ronald Jones. Oh, yeah. Running back. Yeah. So that's another guy. I mean, again. And they didn't draft any backs at all. And, yeah, and, and that's another thing to, to be wary of. So you look at O.J. Howard, there's some down. There is a lot of upside, but there is some downside there as well. Marlon Mack at the 303. I thought that was early, but his actually ADP is 305. Um, Mack's interesting because he's, I mean, with that offense, dude, he could be killer. I and mean, he was great in a lot of games last year. Like, a couple of 30-point games last year late in the season. Right. 
Uh, so I, you know, as Mac, I don't think he's the most talented back in the world, but he's definitely he's there and he has a, he has a job. Didn't draft anybody early uh, for the Colts, so certainly that that looks to be Marlon Mack's job to lose. Um, Leonard Fournette falling off all the way to the 305 this year, Dave. Now he is normally going if you if you look at FFPC ADP at the 303, but he was a first round pick last year, my friend, and now he is going at the 305. This is this is kind of interesting here for Genesis. That could be, you know, we talked about Brad Kirkland's second-round pick and Dalvin Cook. He might have hit on something here in the third as well in Leonard Fournette. He very well may have. I mean, uh, it, it, you know, Fournette is kind of, it, it's such a weird vibe out of Jacksonville. I mean, Fournette got busted speeding as if that's like a big deal. Right. And the team makes it seem like it's almost a releasable offense or something. They just don't like this I, and I And I feel like if you read between the lines that there's something to be said for that. There. Yeah, like there's something. They might, I mean, the thing is, whatever Fournette's doing, he must be doing something way worse than we can see in public, right? Or, or not, or not doing. Like or, he's yeah. not, he's not working he's out as hard. Yeah, right, yeah, exactly. Maybe he just doesn't have the work ethic like he did before or whatever. But I'm a little leery of Leonard Fournette, although it's a three, you know, three oh five, and that's why he's fallen that many picks. Is there's, you know, people are giving you value for the risk. Let me okay. let me ask you something. Um, uh, let's not use um, Brad Kirkland as an example here because he already had um, Dalvin Cook. What if you go receiver-receiver in the mid-first round and Leonard Fournette staring you in the face in the third round? Is that a player that you'd get on board with there? Sure. I mean, I have no problem taking Fournette there. Damian Williams goes right after that. What do you make of that? Because Kansas City did not draft the back early. They still have Carlos Hyde there. But it, and, and, okay, let's use this as an example. You and I are, are in a dynasty league together where Damian Williams is a free agent. He is going to be in that rookie oh, free is. agent draft. Yes, he is. Where would you look at him there? Because at mid first, because you may only get one year or maybe potentially half a year out of it. You know, or you don't, four games or, or four games. You know, right. you have no idea. But he looks to be the lead back in a Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Kansas City offense that put up a ton of points last year. It's weird. You know, I hear a lot of the, the scuttlebutt on Twitter is that, you know, Damian Williams is just, you know, he's just a retry back. They don't like him. I mean, they did pay him some money. They paid him not a ton of money, but they paid him some money. Um, it, but it, again, it's, it's really tough. It's risky to take Damian Williams, a guy who's effectively just a waiver wire type back. Right. But last year he had, once Hunt was gone, he had, he was awesome. He was really, really, really Indeed, good. Indeed, yeah. And the team is, it's a good team. It's going to be fine. Even if Tyreek Hill's gone for a while, which that may or may not happen. We don't know what's going to happen there. Um, so I, 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 I'm, I'm totally waffling on this because I can see both sides of the argument. And sometimes that's just the way it is. You know, you guys, I can see people loving Damian Williams. I can see people saying, I'm not drafting him because he's just an average caliber player who's going to get replaced by somebody else and not, and not for long. Let me ask you something. Uh, and we're going to get to the phone lines here in just a second. 803, hang on. Um, Carryon Johnson, Devontae Freeman, Derek Henry, and Sonny Michelle all go right after Damian Williams. Would you have taken any of those four running backs ahead of Damian Williams in this draft? Personally, I like Carryon Johnson better, and I also like Derek Henry better. I know Derek Henry's not been a pass catching back traditionally, but it seems like the sounds like the team is going to totally on the rock. Both of them have a, a much higher draft pedigree. Uh, Sony Michelle, I would not have taken ahead of Damian Williams just because he has to compete with 87 catch James White uh, for targets. And Devonta Freeman, he still kind of scares me with the injury issues. I've been in the top 12 running back this year. You really? Okay, yeah, I think so. All right, you want to go? You want to go on that? All right. Sure. Devontae Freeman is a top 12 running back this year, weeks one to 16. All right. Okay. I'll say that he's not. I got five on him being that he is. All right. I got five that he's not. I got five. On all right, so tell me, tell me why he's going to be a top 12 back. I just, I think, you know, Dirk Ketter is the offensive coordinator that, uh, back, back to being the OC in that offense. But he was really, he was a good coach last year. Okay. I, but, okay. I'm just kidding. Go don't, ahead. Don't, I'm, go ahead. But I, 
I don't think he's a great head coach. I think he's a very good offensive coordinator. I think he gets this team, this offense back to – I mean, you still have Julio Jones coming at the, the, the twilight of his prime. You have Calvin Ridley entering something special in his career. You have Matt Ryan uh, still, you know, a, a former MVP. And what did they do in the draft, Dave? They got two guys to solidify that offensive line, probably the biggest weakness on that offense um, that, that is going to be able to – not only protect Matt Ryan, but block for Devontae Freeman. And you have Austin Hooper in this offense, too, coming off a 70-catch season, and they did not do anything to address the tight end position. They believe in Austin Hooper. I believe in this offense. And give me Devontae Freeman, who should be the lead back in this offense for 2019 as a top-12 running back. I think that's I'm, I'm locked into that. All right. You know, I actually like your analysis there. And yet you're betting against me. Well, uh, that's already in. I can't. Back. Okay, well, like, listen, I, I'm not going to argue with you there. All right, so that was uh, – so I have Devontae Freeman as a top 12 so RB. To be, so to be clear, you are betting against all these drafters here because where did Devontae Freeman go in this He draft? went at the well, – uh, which, which running back was 308, he? okay, I'll, I'll figure this out. Four, seven, four, eight, 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 nine, 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 the FFPC players are on your side. These guys crowd, that is nothing new. They crowdsourced them as RB17 for me. So thanks, guys. I, I'm, I'm fine with this bet. Uh, one of, I, I feel like it was Henry Muto in the chat said that Adam Thielen, he thought he was surprised to see him go as late as he did. And I apologize if that was somebody else. But 311 for Adam Thielen seems about, I, I mean, I, I, I can get on board with that value there. I mean, I know they want to, you know, all these teams we always hear in the offseason, all they want to, they want to become uh, uh, a running base team. They want to run the football. Well, that that usually goes out the window week three or so. Adam Thielen, stop, stop sucking. If your team is winning games, you're going to run more. I think the Vikings are not going to be as good of a team in 2019 as they were in 2018. I thought they were awesome in 2018. But Adam Thielen, normally going at the 302 to get him at the 311 tonight. Great job by uh, Greg McClain, yeah, the man, and getting him there. I, I think that is a great, great. All you do is click the button. It was good. It was smart. For you. So he. He ended the running back run, and he's like, well, screw all you guys. You're taking all these running backs. I'll right. the receiver. Yeah, the yeah exactly. Out. And that's exactly what he did. Let's get into the fourth round here. The 401. When's the last time? Has A.J. Green – let me ask you this. Has A.J. Green ever gone in the fourth round? Even when he was a rookie, I feel like he was going higher than the fourth He was round. going later in the fourth. Uh, 401 for A.J. Green to Dustin Hayek. Josh Jacobs, the first rookie off the board. He goes to uh, Greg McClain at the 402, followed by the fifth tight end. That is Evan Engram going to Clint Ostermiller here at the 403. Your boy, DJ Moore. Yeah, the hype is on, Bob. I, you know, I feel like you're this sort of closet Carolina Panthers fan. I am. You were always, always a big fan of the icon, Steve Smith. Yep. You love Christian McCaffrey. And I like their uniforms. They're DJ cool. Moore is your boy this year. I, yeah, I always liked Cam. You can ask my buddy Kurt if you like, I like Cam. Uh, yeah. We always draft him in the big table. Yeah, I, I, I am well aware. I am well aware. <laughs> Usually well, the 11th round, though, so it's like, good God, give me Cam Newton. But how many times have you drafted Jonathan Stewart? Uh, Nunca, as they would say in Spanish. Never. All right, so here's the thing. Well, when are you going to accept my Greg Olson uh, trade <laughs> in Dynasty? That's also a never. I need to, I need to get him to you. No, Aaron, never. Aaron Jones, the Packers running back. Uh, goes tonight at that seems the, pretty reasonable for Aaron Jones. Yeah, at the uh, the what, 405. What's tonight. his ADP? I can tell you right now in FFPC best ball draft, Dave. Aaron Jones, the the quote unquote lead back for the uh, Green Bay Football Packers, 
is normally going on average, and you can tell I'm buying for time here because <laughs> I'm not finding it for whatever reason. Quite a run on he is normally going at the 311 All right. uh, in drafts. So, so, so good money. value there. Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay going to Ron Meyer. What so the this hell is interesting. Meyer? Yeah. So Ron, been, he's been stonewalling. Yeah, sandbagging, if yeah. you will. Because uh, Ron Meyer has never been the biggest Kenny Galladay fan, yet he drafts him as his wide receiver one. Uh, at the 4.06 tonight in Genesis. And Patrick, you know, Ron is also drafting in, in the Revelations draft, uh, two-time defending champion there. I almost wonder if that was a panic pick, if he had something going on in Revelations, <laughs> and he ended up like, oh, I'll just take, oh, I'll just take Galladay. And he takes Galladay there at the 4.06. I think he predicted taking Galladay as his WR1 on Twitter earlier today. Uh, well, then there you go. Then <laughs> he is a, a two-packer Adamas. Patrick Mahomes is the first quarterback off the board to Andy Lund tonight at the 407. A uh, pair of Rams receivers go off the board right after that. It's Brandon Cooks to Brad Kirkland, and it's Robert Woods to Robert Marshall. And then let's complete round four with three straight running backs. It's Philip Lindsay, it's Chris Carson, and it's Mark Ingram. I will give the floor to you, my friend, here. Whoever you want to talk about in the fourth round, let's exclude Kenny Galladay. Let's exclude DJ Moore. Actually, I'm not going to give you the floor. Let's talk about Josh Jacobs at the 402 tonight. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Greg McClain gets him as his second running back. Your thoughts on Josh – throw Dynasty out the window. Your thoughts on Josh Jacobs as a redraft asset tonight at the 402. I can tell you in FFPC best ball, he is normally going at the 407. All right, so he's drafted as RB20. I'm just using the math over here with our Devonta Freeman thing. You know, there's 32 NFL teams. He's going to be a pretty – you know, he's going to be a – Three down back, I can kind of get the argument. The problem is that the offensive line is not that great on the Raiders. The team is not that great. They're not going to score that many points. So I look at picking him over Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones has to possibly look at losing a few touches to Jamal Williams. Other than that, they only drafted Dexter Williams in the sixth round. So Jones should get most of the, the touches there. And that's a top seven offense, whatever the Packers might be. To me, I would take Jones over Jacobs. And you, there's less risk in a non-rookie Jones, even though he's had some injury issues. So that's where I would have gone. But I, can, I get it if you like if you like Jacobs. And you also have a higher variance there. So you have a better shot of winning the league with Jacobs or possibly losing the league with Jacobs than with some of the other backs, like, say, the ones that went way later. And actually, it's interesting. This round, there were only two backs that went you know, kind of early until you got to the pick 10, 11, 12. Aaron Jones, for what it's worth, has missed significant time the last two years, and his only two years in the league, with knee injuries. And he's also not a pedigree back like Jacobs. Jacobs was a you know, 24th pick overall. Excellent point there as well. Dizzle, Philip Lindsay as the 4'10 tonight. Can you get on board with that knowing that he's no. probably not going to be practicing until August? No, I can't. I cannot draft a player. Lindsay would be almost off my board with like the, you know, the little red cross symbol just because I'm not going to take him. I, but it's a it, risk. It's a risk. Yeah, but... Okay, it's a risk, but it's been a, he's been ha- he's not coming back until August. That's, but it's a risk. <laughs> hey man, I don't care what it is. I don't okay. care if it's your coccyx or whatever. I mean, yeah. if, if you bruise your tailbone, yeah. If you haven't healed your tailbone in eleven months, I don't want you on my team. Sorry. What if it was a uh, pinky finger? <laughs> I mean, honestly though, if it's if it's in a, if it's a hand where he grips the football and they say he can't be back, yeah. I you know maybe I wouldn't still take. Okay, him. all right, fair enough. Uh, Chris Carson at the 411 tonight. What do you make of that, knowing that Rashad – I know that the Seahawks expect Rashad Penny to take a big step forward. Is Carson a guy you could get on board with in the four, at the 411 spot? Does that seem early to you? It seems early to me because Carson doesn't catch passes. So you have to deal with Penny emerging and Carson not catching passes. 
So to me, yeah, that's a little that's a little bit of something where I'd, I might avoid him there. Moving on to the fifth round, Darius Geis is the first pick of the fifth round to Rafael Dafonseca. Here, uh, Julian Edelman to uh, Hudson Kern-Reeve at the 502. Hunter Henry off the board. Mr. I'm going to tear my ACL in April and still play in the season. Uh, the Los Angeles Charger there going to uh, Stuart Keene. Chris Godwin off the board as the third wide receiver to Robert Marshall. Tariq Cohen and David Montgomery back-to-back Bears running backs here in the fifth round in Genesis, followed by another one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Allen Robinson going to uh, Ron Meyer. He's always had a soft spot for Allen Robinson. The son of an Allen Robinson trade offer that he'll will, uh, he will uh, undoubtedly decline. Cooper <laughs> Cup, your guy. Uh, followed by Tyler Boyd. Also my guy. Uh, Tyler Boyd's your guy. I, I love Tyler Boyd. I, I want him in about six or seven dynasty of the eight that I own. Going back-to-back tight ends is Clint Ostermiller. He went Evan Engram in the fourth. He goes David Njoku in the fifth. Let's complete round five with Kenyon Drake. Going to Greg McClain and Andrew Luck. Final pick of the sixth, uh, excuse me, of the fifth round. Going to Dustin Hayek, Stone Cold Beast here at the 5-12. Any picks specifically that you want to center on in the fifth round? Otherwise, I have one I'd like to go to. I really, you know, as much as I didn't care for the uh, the Lindsay pick, I really liked Team Three taking Hunter Henry. I thought Henry is a nice value there. And there's a there's a what was that? Uh, like nine picks after Ingram or ten or eleven that no one had drafted his tight end. He kind of needed one. I, Henry has a lot of upside. He's been really super efficient in the, in the few games that he's played. I think Henry's breaking out this year big time. Okay. All right, fair enough. Well, let's talk about David Montgomery here at the uh, 506. Now, he goes back-to-back with Tariq Cohen here. The ADP that I'm about to announce, I don't think fully um, covers uh, drafts that have gone on since uh, the uh, the NFL draft. But David Montgomery going at the 511, Dave, in those uh, FFPC best balls. Tariq Cohen going at the 410. They go back-to-back tonight. Does that feel right? Should Cohen and Montgomery be going that close? Do you have a favorite Bears running back this year? And quite frankly, I know you like Cohen and Montgomery much more than you like Mike Davis, the third running back for Chicago. Uh, yeah, that's true. Um, man, I, I, I can't – it's tough for me to get behind David Montgomery's lack of athleticism. I just don't think I'm going to be able to really care for him. Polar opposites there with Tariq Cohen. Yeah, so I, I think I like Cohen better, even though it sounds like the team may – they may want to be favoring Montgomery. I, I, I might be avoiding that situation a little bit until I see how it shakes out a little bit more. But if I had to pick one, I would take Cohen. Okay. So you like Cohen better. Let's go to the 734 area code here. You are on the air on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour with Eric Balkman and Dave the Dizzle Gerzak. Who are we speaking with? Hey, it's Rob Marshall, Fantasy Dum Dums. Rob Marshall drafting out of the four spot in Genesis tonight. Congratulations on a uh, solid team that you have put forth so far. How do you feel about this squad, Rob? I love it. I'm really happy that I got uh, Kittle in the second round. So Kittle was a guy that uh, you, you probably targeted, but, but at the back of your mind is like, okay, well, this is going to be the third tight end off the board. No way he makes it to me here at the 209 in FFPC best ball drafts uh, as far as his ADP goes. George Kittle on average going at the 204, so that was a nice little value for you there to get him to pair with Alvin Kamara. And then you go wide receiver heavy after that, four straight receivers. Is that by design, Rob? It is. I have found that in the FPC drafts like this that it works better if you can get a ton of receivers in there that you know for your flex spots, you're kind of good with them, if they're good receivers. Um, and then I like to get one solid running back four good receivers, and then kind of go hard with the running backs again because there's so many injuries in that, that uh, field. I also am drafting two you drafts the, here. I, I'm, I'm, uh, in, I'm 
um, in Revelations as well. I'm your mom. Yes, you are your mom, not my mom, tonight, <laughs> but you are your mom in I'm, Revelations. I'm, yeah, I'm so. your mom. Yeah, I'm your mom. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. <laughs> I love it. That, that's a great team name. Um, how, 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 if you were to compare your Revelation, and feel free to talk about Revelations tonight, if you were to compare your Revelations team that you're drafting out of the two-hole uh, tonight, how does that compare to your, to your four squad? Do you like one better than the other, or are they both uh, strong to very strong at this point? Um, I think they're both very strong, but I, I feel I'm doing better in Revelations. I just don't think the competition is as good. Um, and then oh. the other thing is um, <laughs> in the uh, Genesis draft, um, we're a solid two rounds ahead of them, so I'm kind of, even though we started at the same time, we're making our picks faster. I don't know if it's because we've made more drafts or anything, but we are two rounds ahead, so I'm kind of two rounds ahead guessing what they're going to do because most drafts are pretty similar. Let's go back. Is that, is that because you think the revelations people are more simple-minded that they're drafting slower? <laughs> yeah, I think they're just a little slower behind the eight ball kind of type deal. <laughs> maybe, they're hitting, maybe they're hitting up an eight ball. <laughs> Possibly. Much in the same way. Yeah, exactly. Possibly uh, the cocaine uh, feeding heavily into the uh, Revelations draft tonight. We'll have to uh, investigate that. Much in the same way that uh, Ron Meyer has infiltrated the 26ers in the Genesis draft. Rob, you have infiltrated the Revelations draft uh, tonight with uh, your mom. I want to get back to the fourth round of Genesis and talk to you about that a little bit, uh, if uh, you don't mind. You uh, end up going with Robert Woods, but the pick before that was Brandon Cooks. Did you have a preference? between uh, either Woods or Cooks? I, I mean, obviously, Cooper Cup was still available there, too, as far as Rams receivers go. He is coming off the ACL, which Woods and Cooks aren't. But um, did you have a preference there between Woods and Cooks? Were you just taking whichever one fell to you, or, or was Robert Woods your guy uh, there? Yeah. I was, I was targeting Cooks for that whole round. Um, so B1G, um, he's going to – we call him Biggie. He's going to be really happy that he took him right before I did um, – I did not want to take Cooper Cup. I was avoiding him because he's still coming back and has not proven um, what, he, what he's going to look like after the injury. Um, and then I targeted Royce Freeman um, in both leagues. Um, and the reason for that is um, Lindsey's still coming back with that was a broken wrist or broken forearm or something like that. And I think Freeman's going to really step it up this year. I, yeah, I totally agree with that statement. I feel like Freeman was a really nice value for you. I thought the Rojo pick right after him was a nice pick too. That's a pretty cheap deal for getting out. What's probably going to be the starting running back. Granted, he did almost nothing last year, but it's a whole new offensive system, a whole new coaching staff. So they all, everyone gets a fresh start. Yeah. And then I love the one four pick because a lot of times Kamara is coming down there um, and you can grab a nice solid backup that I think Latavius Murray is going to play the uh, Mark Ingram role. Um, and if he doesn't, he's a solid handcuff, but I think he's going to get enough carries to be a starter in the, the mentality or the, kind of a roster I'm building here where my RB2 is a more of a flex kind of play, the 10 points a week, and that's about all they're going to get. Yeah, let's talk about Latavius Murray here for a second, because if you do believe that he is a Mark Ingram, I mean, Mark Ingram was like a low-end RB2 for the last couple of seasons in New Orleans, and you're getting Latavius Murray here tonight at the 904. Now, he is normally going at the 708 in FFPC best ball, so you obviously got good uh, good value there. Is this sort of your strategy here? I mean, to get collect guys like Latavius Murray who have the upside, maybe not necessarily the opportunity to start, but but when you have a, a you know a top three tight end in Kittle, you get Diggs and Woods and Godwin and Sutton, so your wide receivers are taking care of. Just loading up on running backs. Is this you know 
historically, has this been the way that your most successful teams have been built, where you, you kind of add these running backs in the mid-rounds to go with your established pass catchers? Yep. So I found, um, I did a really in-depth kind of study of my all my best balls and all of my football guys um, contests and said, hey, where do each of my teams perform the best? And there's a little bit different strategy for both of them. But um, with the football guys, my best teams, I had one really solid running back in either the first or second round. So if I would have picked later, like ninth, I would have grabbed, you know, someone solid like Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, and then gotten a solid running back in the second round and then gone hardcore receivers in the, in the third, fourth, and fifth. In my history, um, the only reason I grabbed the tight end this time is because Kittle was there. Had he not been there, I would have grabbed um, Juju. Um, uh, who went a pick after me. But, yeah, that's, my analysis shows that getting one solid running back um, and, then, and then kind of during the flurry attack um, ends up working out best. So, if, by the way, I mean, I'm looking at this draft here, and it seems to me like the, you're the only player that is anywhere near, and it's really it's not a zero RB theory or anything, like it's not a zero RB draft. No one else is even really close to that, though. You'd probably be the closest, I would say, in that you only took one running back in your first six rounds, and then you took four receivers and one tight end, and then you pounded the back. And I also have to applaud you. I really think that the Camara uh, Latavius Murray strategy is kind of semi-genius, right? Because you get the, you, how often can you get a, a, a handcuff and also get what's probably a, a RB2 or a, a high-end RB3? That's, in, that's great. in the ninth round. Yeah, it's great. It really worked out. It worked out perfectly for you, actually. Yeah, um... And the thing was, I mean, Ingram last year was going in the, I think, fourth round, and he was suspended a few games. So this is a super steal with Latavius Murray. And he's proven time and time again that he can perform um, when given the chance. When Cook was out last year, um, he p- put up the numbers. When he was on the Raiders, he put up the numbers. He just – people, for some reason, really bagged on this guy. But he's actually done well when he's been um, given a shot. We would never bag on the fantasy dum dums owned by Rob Marshall. Thanks so much for uh, chiming not in. Not hang up. Well, no, listen, I'm still not going <laughs> to do it then. Thanks so much, Rob, for chiming in tonight on uh, your Genesis draft. Listen, we're going to be shifting over to Revelations in probably about five or six minutes here, and we'll, we'll take a closer look at your team then. I, I know you said that you like it a little bit better than Genesis, but Genesis is really good right now. Uh, so hopefully you have uh, two really competitive teams for the duration of the 2019 season. Thanks so much for calling in, and we'll uh, talk again soon, dude. All right, we'll talk to you. Bye. Rob Marshall from Fantasy Dum Dums uh, chiming fun. in tonight uh, from the four spot in Genesis. Dave, don't be afraid to call in. Let the, yeah, no, go, feel free. I got it open. I, I think I almost need to do this two computer system like normally because I have. Well, of course the chat's new now, so I can actually see when people are calling in normally. Yeah, so. you're kind of dialed in, like you're kind of. Oh, I'm fo- you look I like, like a professional. We t- we talked about cocaine earlier. I did an eight ball right before we went <laughs> on the air, so I am massively dialed in right now. How many how many college radio awards did you win? Like twenty. Twenty one. My my yeah. god. Yeah, and according to my co-host on the uh, the show with Leo and Balky, which you can hear on 95.3 and 1570 AM on the score, uh, two to three weekdays here uh, in Northeast Wisconsin. Yeah, write that we, down, everybody. We've actually won a lot of awards on that. I have not seen any awards from that, but Leo says we're winning a By lot. By the way, all right, let me interrupt. Did, did you ever did you ever tell a story on the air about your ratings thing? Um, ratings I'm not show? sure. I don't think you have. You should tell it real quick. Well, I, I can just share that um, we went on the air in August. The the ratings. It's a, book, one, it's a tell, Sorry, it's a one hour show. It's a afternoon. one hour show from two to three in the afternoon Central Time, and and uh, and there was a staff meeting. Talk about the staff meeting where you 
They were talking about the ratings and stuff like that. Oh, well, it's, it's I mean, I wasn't even part of the staff meeting. Technically, I'm, I'm not even an employee of the station. But, um, <laughs> but basically, um, uh, what happened was uh, we had um, – we went on the air in August. The books come out in January and July, the ratings books. So obviously the ratings in July were bad because we weren't on the air yet. Well, we got the one in, in January came out, and we, were, we got a 7.8 share, which not only uh, beat everybody in the area, it obliterated everybody in there. Now, this is including people like Jim Rome, who were, were on locally. Right. Like, we, we just crushed everybody. So what, is, what is like the, the manager say? They said something about, oh, let's do this or this or this. But you don't have to worry about – there's some sort of thing that you – with that, they, they, talk, they just they talked about, worry about us. like, oh, you know, you know, these guys just killed it. They were, they were bragging you guys up. Oh, you, yeah. Uh, um, there you, was, know, you should practice there, your story. Just, brag well, I mean, I just, there was an email that went out, a company-wide email, and this is to all Woodward Communications within the Midwestern part of the United States. And and uh, they had a meeting, and, and they, you know, they were talking about, oh, you know, this talk show is up. This, you know, we had a news and politics show. This is up. Um, you know, good start. And then in all caps, Leo and Balky are crushing it. <laughs> that's great, man. So, so that that's was really, very That's something to be very proud of. Yes. Well, I'm very proud of that. I'm also very proud to bring I'm ripping on you soon, but I just want to give that's you some, fine. No, some rip, credit for rip one, on me whenever you'd like. One thing you're doing right. I, I have a feeling the next caller that I'm, I'm taking right now is going to rip on me quite a bit. And I'm going to go to the 920 right now with several uh, bits of trepidation. Go ahead. You're on the air with, uh, with Dave and Balky. Yeah, you're on the Balky. HSF. Don't call me Leo. You I didn't it. say Leo. So you're on the air with Dave and Balky. Who are we talking to? Hi, this is a first-year contestant in the uh, Genesis League, and I just want to <laughs> say that this is probably the cheesiest, easiest league out there. Um, I'd be willing to bet <laughs> my house, my car, both of my kids that I crush all these putzes in this league. If you haven't guessed who the caller is, ladies and gentlemen, is the two-time defending champion of the Revelations League, Tupacker, who has somehow used his James Bondism to uh, infiltrate the Genesis draft this year as the lone non-FFPC uh, Dynasty 26er to be drafting tonight. Uh, you feel very, very good about your draft from the seventh spot. Talk a little bit about your favorite picks, Ron, so far in this draft tonight as you guys enter round 11. Boy, it's really a toss-up. You know, I got to love me some Allen Robinson that I got, like I have every year. And then um, my boy, Ken <laughs> Galladay, who was not a WR1 last year. He might be next year, which is this year, and he will be. So I'm pretty excited about that. <laughs> uh, I love it. A great analysis. I'll tell you, you know, one of the guys that, that I like, you know, after my own heart here, and great value on him, in my opinion, you go with Corey Davis at the 707 as your fourth wide receiver. There's going to be a lot of teams in this league that do not have a fourth wide receiver as good as Corey Davis. As long as Marcus Mariota is healthy, I think Corey Davis in the Corey seventh. is a bust, Davis? Hey, he makes a lot of sense in the seventh <laughs> round. Go ahead. What? Go ahead and defend my opinion here, Ron. Oh Ron, to the dizzle. Holy smokes. Is, 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 oh, man, I'm really – I, I really don't want to say it. But I, but I do – I do agree with Balky on this one, and I don't agree with Dave. We're already talking that late in the draft. He's a starting wide receiver. They don't really have much other than him. I think he's just going to get the points just by sheer number of targets. I, I don't think he's a, a quality receiver, but just the sheer volume of targets he's going to get, he's going to put up points. 
you're not concerned about AJ Brown then uh, coming in and and, and uh, you know uh, cramping his style a and, little bit. And Adam Humphries, he's he's already yeah, the third, uh, yeah. third best wide receiver on his own damn well, team. Okay, first of all, I, I don't I don't think you can unequivocally say that. But yes, Adam Humphries <laughs> is coming back. I don't know how much stock you put in Delaney Walker. Can you give us a, a final? Oh well, yeah, Delaney, fourth best. Meyer, Meyer, let me ask you this. He's the fourth best. No, hold on. Let let me pose this to Meyer. Give me an over under. I'm gonna give you. Uh, I'm gonna give you a total of catches, yards, and touchdowns. You tell me where you're taking the over, or the under, and Corey Davis. Are you ready? Thirty. Go for it. Okay. All right. All right. So I'm gonna set Corey Davis over or under seventy catches in 2019. Oh Jesus! Well over. Okay. Well over. Corey Davis over or under 950 yards in 2019. Uh, I'll take the under. Pause. Okay, you're gonna take the under. You get well over seventy. Hey, go ahead. Over, <laughs> over, or under seven touchdowns in 2019. <laughs> I'll take the under. Okay, all right. So you like him, but you don't love him. Okay. That's okay. That's that's all we're looking for. Exactly. Final exactly. question. That's I'm what gonna... he is. I... He's, a, Edward, he's a wide receiver. For what me. was left on the board? He was worthwhile. Yeah, whatever. He's like a bye week flex two spot. Hey Myers, what about Sammy Watt? That was actually an interesting pick with Tyreek Hill's foibles and problemos going on. What do you think about Sammy Watt? Yeah, Ron Meyer. Just so everybody knows, Ron Meyer took Sammy Watkins tonight at the six oh six tonight. My good buddy Kurt Aw won the Kentucky championship, and he had Sammy Watkins on his team. If it's good enough for him, man. It's good enough for me. Uh, you know what? I, I actually, like, I actually, I actually like him. I, I actually like him. Um, I, I don't think anybody else is going to compete with him, really. At the wide receiver spot, Damian Williams, he sucked on the Dolphins. He got lucky last year with the uh, the Chiefs. Kelsey's going to have a good good year. and eh, I mean, somebody else has got to catch balls from Mahomes because he's kick-ass. You know, I, I hate to keep talking about your stupid picks, cause, but, but, I mean, really, Lamar Miller – I'm, I'm, I don't, I've said this. You I hate Deontay Foreman. You hate him. I, yeah, I, I hate Lamar Miller. But I hate a guy with an Achilles problem who's never going to come back. He's never coming back from it. Yep. All right? Exactly. Knows. Yeah. Foreman, yeah. Foreman's never coming back. Okay. So Lamar Miller's going to get 13.6 points a game for the rest of his every, career. Every game. Yeah, every game, 13 points. Is he the new Frank Gore, Dave? That's what David They Johnson went to the same school. Yeah. They went to the same college. Is he the new Frank Gore? He is. And 13.6 points a game. That's his projection every week. And that's what he's always going to get. And, no, it, it, dude, there's no one else on that team. So I think that's a really nice So, So in, in 2028, when we are covering the Genesis, Revelations, Apocalypse, and Inferno drafts, are we going to be talking about Lamar Miller as the sh- as the shrewd round eleven pick as he is playing for the the Raiders? No, 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 no. He'll be playing for the Topeka Knights as the NFL expands in 20, uh, 2024. and he will be the More starting like the, the London. Uh... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the the London. Um, what, what would it be? The London Queens? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you call them. The the London yeah, I mean, Beef Eaters. I mean, uh, I mean the London Al Qaeda. I mean, I don't no, think no, no. I'm not, not tonight, my oh, friend. You don't say that. We might get banned off YouTube. Not that. We're not going to get banned <laughs> off YouTube. Uh, Meyer, last thing. I, I, listen, I'm going to let you get. I know you're drafting in two drafts tonight. The last thing I want to get to, let's talk about this Kyle Rudolph pick in, in round nine. Uh, Kyle Rudolph, who you know could be usurped by 
uh, Irv Smith potentially at the end of 2019. Maybe it won't happen until 2020. But there's rumors he might be traded with New England. I look at this pick in the ninth round in a tight end premium league. There's a lot of upside here. Do you agree? Yeah, that's really why I took him. I was kind of hoping he would get traded. And at that spot, I didn't really like anybody at running back or wide receiver. I already have Ertz, who I'm really going to bank on at tight end. So he was just kind of a luxury pick for me at this point. Um, now I'm just going to start throwing some darts at different guys. I mean, we're already in round 12, so, you know, whatever. I think Rudolph's a great pick. I yeah. mean, the starting receiver versus – Well, he's a tight end, but so, whatever. He's starting, yeah, starting tight end, but I mean, versus some of the guys that got taken before him at, at tight end, are, are, they're a lot more projection into that. They just need to do things that I don't think they're going to do. Ron, last question. I'm going to let you go. Who wins the Kentucky Derby tomorrow? Uh, the horse that crosses the finish line first. I am, uh, I've, you know, I've gotten, you know, we'll, we'll all be uh, up in uh, Green Bay tomorrow betting on, betting on the ponies. I'm looking forward to it. I got a tip uh, from Richard from Nemo Southside Market. Listen, if you're looking for craft brews or fresh fish, you go to Nemo oh, Southside Market on Southside. I just want to let you know. <laughs> you know what he told me to bet on for, uh, for Kentucky Derby tomorrow? Bet on the brown horse. The brown colored horse always wins. Really? I like that. I like yeah, that. Yeah, that's what he Sounds said. Good. We're going to roll with that. I'm going to let you roll back into your drafts here, dude. Thanks for chiming in uh, with us on the HSFFR tonight. We're going to talk again uh, tomorrow. Good luck the rest of the way, man. All right. Catch you guys later. See you. At Tupacker on Twitter, as we can follow him, a lot of great stuff from Ron Meyer. Uh, good stuff from him tonight. Now, here's what I'm going to do. Meyer's going to love me for this. What I am about to do is I am about to do the switch, Dave. I'm about to do the switch from Genesis coverage to oh, Revelation. That means I have to talk. Now, you're going to have to talk here for a little bit. We are switching from, uh, we're going to spend the next roughly 45 to 50 minutes on the Revelations draft tonight, Dave. You have the participants in front of you. Now, while I adjust the, uh, the uh, YouTube stream to the Revelations draft, you are going to talk about who is drafting where and who is participating in this Revelations draft tonight. Go ahead, my friend. All right, I'm actually pulling it up myself here, Valky. Okay, do you need me to vamp for no, a little No, no, I don't need you to vamp. Okay, I'm all right. I'm getting ready. But so here in the Revelations League, we have Brett Studebaker, a.k.a. Stud Dynasty, one of the 20. There's many. There's, uh, what do we got, two 26ers in this one? He has pick number one. Uh, Robert Marshall, your mom, who we spoke with earlier. Right, exactly. He has pick number two. Brian Studebaker, now that this is Dynasty League, I'd be wondering about how much scamming and, and uh, trade probably we'd have. But Real Men of Genius. They may not, or maybe related, I don't really know. Pick three. Jake Balich. What did I say about I always butcher it every year. We're going to call him Balich. 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 Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I'm sure fine. Jake, 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 listen. I Jake has called in, I think, the last couple of years on this show. Texas Feel free to call in again and correct us, because I know you've done it the last two years, and we continue to crap all over you. We love you. Please call in. Uh, Cactus Jake. Uh, so, uh, he pick four. Vince. Staffelino, our favorite Italian in this draft. Uh, VC staff is his team name. Uh, pick number six. Well, we call him VIP, but Dip Lab Mandel, the Rainmaker. And uh, when we have our favorite Irishman, Kevin O'Connor. Fantasy Cesario at pick number seven. Mike and Todd Aaron, Mad Genius of FB 150, pick eight. John Terry, that's Aunt Jemima. He's going by AJ in this draft. He's being a little sneaky. Uh, pick nine, Zeb Cap making all sorts of, uh, what are that, uh, 
the codpiece jokes. Making codpiece jokes. I believe his team name in this league last wrote year. A, wrote a small one. I, I believe it, his team name last year in this draft was Gerzak's Codpiece. Great. So this time he's, he wrote a small wood, apparently, is the team name. Uh, Ron Meyer goes with his uh, true name, Tupac, for pick 11. And Dario Monti, uh, un, you know, unlike in the pros versus Joes, he doesn't get to uh, draw the draft pick. So he got screwed on this one. He got pick number 12. You know, usually he gives himself a nice fat pick in the pros versus Joes. Don't tell anybody that Dario that, Monti first of all, that, is the pick that, for himself. That is, that is 100% not I mean, he always gets a good four pick. I'm just kidding. Armani's the most honest guy I know. Uh, actually, he's uh, also one of my favorite Italian friends in this draft. I, just, I look at the vowels at the end, Balky, and that's all I can always tell. So let's see here. Let me just pull up uh, this thing. Uh, you go they're, ahead. They're in the 10th round already. Well, God, they're getting crushed by this other one. All right, I'm going to go through the first round while you're farting around over there. Yeah, I'm having some, some difficulties. Listen, no surprise. The, versus uh, uh, yeah, well, listen, there's been some issues this year, but I'm going to get it up in less than two minutes here. Um, as the kids would say nowadays, uh, first round, the first two picks were cray-cray because Ezekiel Elliott goes with pick 101 to Sud Dynasty or Saquon Barkley. Your mom, he must have been uber surprised because Barkley goes at pitch 102. Got a little value there, possibly. Alan Kamara, Kamara. I always pronounce it wrong. I don't really care. It's Kamara. Whatever. Pick 103. Uh, my boy, Christian McCaffrey, pipes of gold. He's running around like a track star, training like mad. Uh, goes at pick 104. Yeah, you should talk about that. Can, can you... Quit talking. If I'm talking, no, I'm not talking. Stop a little bit. Just okay. stop at the 104. Talk, because you tweeted out an article about Christian McCaffrey training with this uh, track coach today. Did you read the article? Did you just yeah, I read it. it. Yeah, you know, he, he's training with this track coach. He helped him prep for the – he actually, I think he coached him uh, or trained him a little bit at Stanford. Uh, maybe I'm mis- misreading that, but he prepped him for the combine. And McCaffrey, he does explosive-type workouts, and it's really interesting uh, in that he does kind of – he does a workout similar in some ways to Russian powerlifters in that – He'll run a sprint, and then he will wait a good full five minutes to let his ADP reset. And that's his a, wait, his ADP? Not, uh, no, I'm sorry. Eight. That's, no, go with that. That's hilarious. But, it, it, you know, it, it honestly might be ADP for a uh, muscle. Yeah, you know what? It is, it's muscle, it is ADP. It, it is the it is, um, That's fantastic. Adenosine phosphate, some other bullshit. Adenosine phosphate. You know what? Why don't you shut up? No, just, let me talk. no, how awesome is that, though? I know. His ADP has to reset. Right. So, anyway. Christian, you're only at the 103 right now. Just what? take a rest and, like, get it up to 102. You wanted me to talk. And now you go, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Anyway, you know, Russian powerlifters, that's what they do. They, in, when I work out, I always take five minutes between sets because you, the longer you take between sets, if you're powerlifting or running sprints, you can reco- recover 95% of that. Yeah. And so then that's, that's, why you don't, that's why you don't run a sprint and then like 30 seconds later run another sprint. It's, just, it's, it's better for conditioning and, and cardio. But McCaffrey's really, I mean, he, he monitors everything he does. He gets massages every day. This is what, if you wanted to own the best possible player, that's, he's like making himself a video game character for the yeah. NFL. And these are the guys you want to own in Dynasty, the ones who take care of themselves, not that are you know, having problems with their three-year-old kids and spouses or doing whatever Leonard, Leonard Fournette's doing. You want to own Christian McCaffrey. How's that supposed to mean? Exactly like it sounds. Okay. These guys aren't, they're not taking care of their bodies. They're, I mean, McCaffrey, every single day, he's working on his body, making sure it's finely tuned to be the best possible, fast, awesome running back he can be. I would take, I, I've said it before, I would have no problem considering McCaffrey the 101 in redraft. Okay. I know you have no problem considering him there. Would I, you would, actually, I would actually, I would take him at 101 right now. Okay. I'd want that. All right. Fair I enough. I like Barkley, but, you know, Manning sucks. 
Manning sucks. Okay, Manning sucks, and, and McCaffrey set the running back receptions all-time record in his second season. Now, granted, Cam Newton was dinged up, hurt, whatever. Couldn't throw it downfield. Right, so that's, that's the argument. So you should be upping DJ Moore and, and downing Christian McCaffrey. But I'm not downing McCaffrey. I think he's a phenomenal, super, super, super high floor back. I mean, if he doesn't get hurt, his floor is like RB4. All right. Do you agree or disagree? Um, I disagree. I'm going to um, ask you this. If I set the over-under at one and a half teams, Dave, are you taking the over-under on teams that you have McCaffrey and DJ Moore on this year? Are you saying you have more than one and a half or less than one and a half? Say again on what? On teams you have both McCaffrey and DJ Moore on. Christian McCaffrey, ADP and FFPC best ball right now. I only have three redraft teams. You have more than that. Kentucky. There's no Kentucky. Five. So I have three. We have three main events and two big paybacks. That's it. Five. Okay. All right. So, well, this is stupid. Okay, then just forget it. What if I said it at a half? Half? Yeah. More than that. All right. Okay. Fair enough. I would actually say two and a half. Okay. Two and a half. Okay. So you're taking the over at one and a half. That's what I was looking yeah, for. Sure. Let's go to the 803 here as we shift to Revelations coverage tonight. 803, you were on the air with the uh, high stakes uh, fantasy football hour honchos, Balky and Dave. Who are we talking to? Eight oh three, go ahead. You are on the air. And goodbye. No feeling whatsoever. Didn't even talk to us. That's fine. We got uh, revelation stuff to get to anyway. Uh, you made it through uh, 104. I'm going to finish off the, the first round here for you in the revelations draft. Vince Staffolino takes DeAndre Hopkins at the 105. Bip Lab Mandel, Le'Veon Bell at the 106. Odell Beckham right after that to Kevin O'Connor, followed by uh, Travis Kelsey to Mike and Todd Aaron. And then now uh, you have Melvin Gordon to John Terry, Michael Thomas to Zeb Tapp, David Johnson to uh, Tupacker, uh, Ron Meyer, and then Joe Mixon, the surprise pick uh, for Fantasy Mojo, Darren Armani, the godfather of the pros, uh, excuse me, pros versus Joe's competition. He takes him at the 112. You know, he normally goes at the 205, Dave. Could you find somebody else that you like better at the 112, or, or was this a case of getting your guys as Mixon goes at the 112 to Darren Armani tonight? You know, I'm not, I've, I've never owned Mixon. I don't own him anywhere in Dynasty. But I, I, I get the case argument for Mixon that, you know, if the team can actually figure itself out a little bit, and now they've gotten rid of the Albatross as a coach, uh, you know, Mixon could be really something. Let's bounce around here a little bit since we covered so much with Genesis. Let's go to the 312 with Aaron Jones, Darren Armani. Let's stick with him. He takes uh, uh, the Green Bay Packers, quote-unquote, number one running back at the 312. I know you're an Aaron Jones fan, Dave. Now, he normally – uh, I think we touched on this earlier as far as where he his ADP and FFPC best balls go at the 311. This seems to be more in tune with where you would be selecting Aaron Jones uh, in drafts this year. So you're totally on board with uh, Aaron Jones at the end of the third round here. Yeah, I think the pick makes some sense, actually. I look at the players that went right after him, Freeman, who you have, you love, and that's fine. Uh, Sonny Michel. I don't love him. I like him. Oh, okay, fine. Sonny Michel, <laughs> who <laughs> He games. did go to Florida State for what it's worth. So maybe I do good, love him. Good playoff games. Yeah. Did he graduate? Uh, Josh Jacobs. What the hell is that supposed to mean? means that people that go to Florida State are arguably more stupid than the people who go to Florida. People in who Florida. play football at Florida State <laughs> are looking to not become NFL pros, Dave. They're looking to become yeah. NFL Hall of Famers. Ah, and Devontae Freeman is on that path. Listen. You know, it's tough for me to rip on running backs from Florida State when – 
one of the most lovely people of all time, Warwick Dunn. Warwick Dunn. He, I mean, he's a, Absolutely. He's a great running back, and he built all those homes for all those underprivileged people. So Including. God bless Warwick Dunn. Do you know whose home he helped build? Yours? No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, Leo? No, 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 no. Oh. Come on. You know whose home he helped build? I uh, know. Houston Texans quarterback, Deshaun Are you Watson. serious? I never knew Dead that Dead serious. Wow, Look at it. Crazy. Google it. Warwick Dunn. Helped his family find a home. That's and, awesome. See, I love Warwick Dunn. We're so. gonna help. We're gonna help find a home for the 803 caller that <coughs> is back on the air. Hopefully, you can hear us now. You are on the HSFF Hour with Balky and Dave. Whom are to whom are we speaking with tonight? Balky, Dave. This is Brent Studebaker, Stud Dynasty. Brent Studebaker, thanks so much for calling us. Are Dynasty. you related to Brian? Yes, that is my atrocious brother. <laughs> Are you, hey, by the way, are you guys in any dynasty leagues together that I have to start kicking you guys out of? We're in one together, 1250, right. I believe it's six. All right. All right. No, no shady trades, if you don't mind. No, don't worry. They, they, they listen, <laughs> no. The beacon the is thing, the, the, the thing is, if they made any shady trades, like 10 people would be, you know, climbing down their throats, necks, backs, whatever. All right, listen, Brett, we <laughs> need right. to uh, talk to you uh, tonight about uh, this revelation, Jeff, because you had the 101. You could have had any player you wanted tonight, and obviously the, uh, the FFPC players, as far as the best ball players go, would say, on average, that Saquon Barkley is the player that they would have gone with. You went with the consensus 102 in Ezekiel Elliott. Shed some light on why you like Elliott over Barkley. Yeah, I, I talked to my 26 boys about it. And with Beckham leaving, everything up in there with Eli and Jones about to be the starter, I wanted to go with someone reliable. Elliott, what, last year had 77 receptions. He's going to be the stable fit in that whole offense. Their O-line is dominating. Dynasty is Barkley. Redraft every day for me, it's going to be Elliott. So you take Elliott over Barkley. I think you make a, a, a compelling case of why you did that there. Let's move on to the final pick of the fourth round for you. And you take the newly minted Baltimore Ravens running back, Mark Ingram uh, there, a guy who played for New Orleans last year, flirted with RB2 value for the majority of the season. Could be the RB1 in Baltimore this year. And, and um, I don't know what his ceiling is, but talk a little bit about the uh, season numbers that you foresee with Mark Ingram here as you made him the final pick of the fourth round of Revelations this season. Yeah, Ingram to me with the amount of carries he should have inside the red zone, uh, not any any linebacker is going to be keyed in on Lamar Jackson on a read option. Give it to Ingram, he's going to open a hole. He's going to plow through him. You see what he did in New Orleans. It's going to be uh, – I think he's going to have a lot more openings in Baltimore. Mark Ingram, uh, the 412 for uh, Brent Studebaker here tonight for the uh, Stud Dynasty franchise here. As we move on and look at the rest of your draft, you wait on tight end and you take uh, Jared Cook at the 701. Do you expect more of what you saw in 2018 to continue in 2019 here for Mr. Cook? Yeah, Breeze has always been a tight end guy. When he has him, he, he gets him the ball. Uh, Jared Cook, he's always, he was electric coming out of college at South Carolina. Um, now he's getting the best quarterback he's ever had in the league. Uh, Sean Payton, Drew Brees, they're going to find a way to find that mismatch. Um, so, I mean, I had to jump on him before anybody else was gone. 
I think that's my pick. Yeah, no, I'm I'm totally with you on that uh, for sure. It, you make Cortland Sutton your number three receiver here with the final pick of the eighth round. Cortland Sutton, who caught uh, passes last year in Denver from a quarterback not named Joe Flacco, it was Case Keenum. He'll get passes from Joe Flacco this year. And, you know, he dropped a lot of balls last year, but certainly you got to believe he is the number one receiver in Denver. And I, I think you did, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're looking for a leap oh, forward, yeah, and you expect a leap forward for Sutton here in uh, in 2019, Brent. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for the leap. Uh, I'm like uh, Peyton Manning. He likes the big receivers. He's the big guy. Flacco loves Michael Crabtree. Um, I'm leaning more on Flacco throwing the big guys. Denver's probably going to be down a lot in the games this year. They're going to have to throw the ball. Uh, I'm going to take the chance on on Sutton, who was highly highly uh, wanted by anybody in Dynasty last year. I know the YouTube feed is a little bit behind, but it is showing you on the clock right now with the final pick of the 12th round, followed by the first pick of the 13th round. Can you give us some insight on what you're thinking here as you make these picks on the clock on the air? Yeah, I'm I'm going to look and try to get another quarterback just so I can have one locked up. I got Breeze with my connection. Um, what better than to get the GOAT, Tom Brady? I'm going to go ahead and take him. Uh, yeah, gonna throw the ball. Really? I love it. Um, and then the next pick, I haven't really looked into it. Um, so I really don't know about that one yet. <laughs> Well, no, no, that's fine. Let's leave just, alone. No, I'm, not, I'm going to leave you alone. Let me just talk. Brent, go ahead, and, and you can chime in after you make the pick here. But here's what I love, Dave. Uh, yeah, Brent, don't worry about it. 2019 revelations here, yeah. Dave. In the 11th and 12th round, Brent Studebaker is going Drew Brees and Tom Brady as his quarterback combo, and he gets them in the 11th and 12th round. That is filthy. Look at the pick it's before. It's ridiculous. Well, really at, hold on. It gets more ridiculous. Look at the pick before that. Larry Fitzgerald in the – I'm going to have you talk about the Cardinals offense here in a little bit. Um, and whatever you want to say on that is fine. Whatever you don't want to say on that, also fine. But Larry Fitzgerald <laughs> in the 10th round. And then James Washington, the pick before that, a guy with a lot of upside in Pittsburgh. But, Dave, Larry Fitzgerald in the 10th round. Even though he's super old and we don't necessarily associate age with upside, but I think there's a lot of upside with getting Larry Fitzgerald here with the uh, first, uh, excuse me, the last pick of the tenth round here for Brent Studebaker. Yeah, you know, this is you know the Cardinals receivers in redraft is is real are really weird because okay so Kirk goes in the seven at the seven oh eight right right Fitz goes at the ten uh, what is it, the ten twelve ten twelve yeah. And the two rookies that got taken, uh, Hakeem Butler and Andy Isabella, have not been drafted yet, I don't believe. No shock, I guess. And, that, and that's fine. But, uh, you know, they're supposed to be running this air raid offense. Uh, that The coach, the system, he, he was he always ranked in the top ten in college. And there's right. not 32 teams in college. There's 100 and whatever in the Division One. Right. He was always a top ten passing attempts play, uh, coach in, in college. He's at Kyler Murray, who's not been drafted also. Sorry, I keep talking about these, these guys not being taken. Right. But Murray's going to throw it a ton of times. Yes, he is. And uh, I think Fitz is going to be the guiding force, the veteran. I, I think Fitz is a really sweet pick at that spot in the, in the late 10th round. Rob checking in with me, our producer, mutual friend. Of course, we had Cliff Kingsbury scheduled for an interview on this show tonight. However, he could not make it because he had an algebra test coming up on Monday that he really needed to study for. So maybe we'll get him next time. Uh, Deshaun Hamilton, Brent, is your pick at the 1301. So you get both Sutton and Hamilton, the uh, I guess the de facto number one and number two receivers in Denver this year. Talk a little bit about why you like Hamilton there as the first pick in the 13th round. 
Yeah, I, I went with Hamilton just because of Wood Sutton. No matter what, I'm going to get the number one uh, in an offense. And being this late in the draft, you want to look for, you know, a potential number one with upside players. Hamilton provides that. He came on strong at the end of the year. If uh, if Sutton doesn't pan out, I believe Hamilton can. And with the receivers I have, I need I need an insurance policy somewhere. Uh, with having Corey Davis, who is underproduced. He has indeed. You have a lot of bullets here to fire, even if uh, some of those uh, shots miss early on. I like the draft so far, Brent. Keep it up. you got uh, seven more rounds to go here in Revelations. Thanks so much for chiming in with us tonight. We really appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of the draft, dude. I appreciate it, Barkey and Dave, and go uh, 26ers. Yeah, go oh, 26ers indeed. Brent Studebaker, the stud dynasty squad, drafting out of the one hole in Revelations tonight. Dave, uh, I, I said I wanted to sort of bounce around this draft and, and just center on um, a few picks in every round given where we're at right now. Uh, Darius Geis at the uh, 410 tonight. He goes to uh, Brian Studebaker at the 410. Can you talk a little bit about your thoughts on Darius Geis as he tries to come back from a, a really, really bad preseason injury uh, for the Redskins running back last year? You know, I'm a little different, in my opinion, of Darius Geis than probably most fantasy players. I mean, a lot of people talk about Darius Geis as being this superstar player, um, and he's going to be great. And, you know, I, I did not really – I was not a big fan of Darius Geis coming into last year, and the reason is that he's not a pass-catching back. I didn't think he would have that – that possibility. So because of that, I didn't care for him as well as a couple other things. Uh, and so then he got the injury. And then not only that, he, he had the surgery and he tried to come back and there were some complications. I just feel that there's a lot of risk factors with Darius Geis. And I appreciate that people love Darius Geis and that they've got a lot invested in him. And I know he's still commanding a, a significant trade value in Dynasty. I'm just not personally a, uh, someone that's on board with Darius Geis. I think that's I also, on top of that, I think the Redskins are a train wreck of an organization. From, from the very, I mean, everyone knows. What's wrong with Dwayne Haskins? From the very top of management on down. I mean, I think the the owner, stupid Snyder, was Daniel in the, Snyder. He was in the draft, in the in the room, helping make decisions. Well, I mean, he does own the team, my friend. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but being an owner of the team means leaving the professionals to do professional work, and I, I just think that the Redskins are a problem. They have no receiving talent whatsoever. The quarterback situation is a complete disaster. I think they're going to be like a... What's wrong with Haskins? He's a rookie, for Christ's sake. And then you don't like him long-term? Sure, long-term. What I, don't okay. really, I don't really care long-term. Oh, it's, it's your time 2019. It's, it's not, this, it's is not a re, good. this is a redraft. It is a redraft, yes. Yeah, and so it'll be, it's going to be a disaster at quarterback. Alex Smith is done. I mean, I, I yeah. felt bad for what happened to him. I do, too. And, and the receivers are awful. So even if Geis is back and he's in full health, they have no receivers or any good whatsoever. They have a rookie quarterback. Uh, you know, their tight end sucks. I mean, he's on his last leg. I mean, it's, just, it's an awful team. Let me ask you this. I know he hasn't been selected. I don't believe he's been selected in Revelations. Can I just get your opinion on a guy who was bandied about as the 101 or 102 in Dynasty drafts last year, decided to go back for his senior year at Stanford, sure. and then was picked very, very late this year. Washington does get him. I don't know if he's the backup. I mean, they still have Adrian Peterson there. But talk a little bit about Bryce Love and, and what you foresee with him in Washington, not only in 2019, but we'll put a dynasty scope on this as well, and, and what sort of career you see for him going forward. You know, I think Bryce Love has some potential. You know, he's, he's the person who would replace Chris Thompson. Chris Thompson is the third-round back, probably not going to be there after this year. And you still feel with Adrian Peterson with Geist, by the way. I mean, he's still kind of hanging around. By the, you know, so there's that. Um, 
You know, I don't think I didn't think Love was the very most explosive player, uh, but I, I think he's worth a third round pick. Why not? I mean, give it a shot, right? right. He's a guy yeah. who had a ton of yards, touchdowns, and so on. So I think I think Bryce Love for dynasty is worth it. I think he's worth almost nothing in redraft, though. All right, let's move on and talk about another rookie here that got selected tonight by Kevin O'Connor at the 507 in this draft as his number two running back behind Derrick Henry, and that's Miles Sanders, the rookie out of Penn State, the Nittany Lion. Who, by the way, that's the team that my son plays for in the Appleton YMCA flag football five and under league. Or I, I saw your I saw your son had a huge touchdown on Twitter. That wasn't a touchdown. Was a did you play. see the Did you see the video? Yeah, I saw the video. Did okay. You, okay, so I I, I you said ran around a lot. No, listen, I said this on the um on the score on my afternoon show. Did, break at, follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman. You can look at the video. He had the patience of Le'Veon Bell <laughs> at the line of scrimmage, right? The speed of Alvin Kamara to get to the outside. And then he had the cutback of uh, LaShawn McCoy when he got to the side. He doesn't even understand out of bounds and he knew to cut back. Nice. And then it's flag football, right? Grab the flag. No. Took six guys to tackle him. <laughs> so, yeah, you went beast mode at the end. I right. loved it. I can't. That's and, pretty cool, actually. And, of course, I, I talked to him on Thursday. I'm like, hey, I'm excited to see you out there again tomorrow on Saturday morning. He's like, I don't want to play football. Oh, <laughs> did he relate to that? Yeah, he's like, well, he says it's about everything. And then when it gets, you know, he, his first day of flag football – I, I didn't even talk to him about it. Saturday morning at like 7.30 in the morning, he was doing wind sprints in the front yard. Oh, really? Like back and forth. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm warming up. I'm like, all right, <laughs> that's, that's fine. He's so, a very cool personality. He's an interesting cat. That's, uh, yeah, that's I, feel, I, feel, sure. I feel like he's already like a radio personality. Uh, he's got a future in that. It, <laughs> um, and, you know, if he inherits his dad his dad's athleticism, he has no future in sports. But he may have a future in you're, you're pre- potentially Europe. being my co-host someday. You're probably descended from Europe, so yeah, you're definitely uh, <laughs> No question, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, this, honestly, it's not, it's not in your genes. All right, so getting back to Miles Sanders, it's not in my pants either. Uh, hashtag radio joke. Miles Sanders as the uh, number two running back for Kevin O'Connor in the fifth round. Is this a guy that you can get behind? Let me, okay, don't answer that question. Let me you're preface, right, I wouldn't answer let, let me preface this by which side you fall on in this, Dave. Sure. Two schools of thought on Miles Sanders. He's going to a situation and a coaching staff that loves mixing and matching running backs, playing them, and never, you know, really centering on uh, on a guy. He's going to that situation. Or do you view Miles Sanders as the reason they have been mixing and matching is because they haven't had a back as talented and as well-rounded as Miles Sanders is as he enters the Philadelphia Eagles backfield, and he could be a true three-down back in Philadelphia. Which side do you fall on that? You're not allowed to say anything in the middle. Go. You know, if I'm not allowed to say anything in the middle, I would say more on the RBBC, not a Oh, come on, man. You're not giving me any leeway. All right, I'll give, all right, I'll take it back. Give you some leeway just so I can get on board with uh, what Fine, all right. Say. I think Sanders in the fifth round is a risky pick. I think it's tough because... because well, he wasn't it. in the third round. But fifth round. Fifth round. I said fifth. Oh, fifth. Okay. I'm fifth sorry. round pick. I still think it's a risky pick. He's a talented back. He looks good. You know, runs good in shorts and all that stuff in the combine. But Jordan Howard, I mean, you know, Jordan Howard is not nothing. Even though I don't really like Jordan Howard. Right. They have all these other running backs. They've always been RBBC. I think they I do think, I really do think they want to get away from it. I think they'd rather have Sanders get most of the action. So I think there's some upside with that pick. I think the fifth round for Sanders would be an all right selection if it was a main event draft. Because then you're like, okay, I'm competing against up to 2,000 other teams, 2,400, whatever it is. Fine. But in a 12 team league, I think you're taking some risk here. Uh, it's, again, it's not the worst pick because you don't have to start. And I thought that uh, Fantasy Cesario had a nice value with Lamar Miller in the seventh. So there you go. And what, it, it, whether it was an auto pick or not, it's got the asterisk. Maybe it was a one pick auto. It could be a one pick, yeah. So anyway, I, I, 
I think it's his hat early on Sanders. I mean, I'm assuming he's going maybe in the seventh or so. I, I can tell you right now where he's going, allegedly, as I just make What, it what are you drinking, my... Bug Zapper this, Ale? Yeah, this is the Avery Brink <laughs> Company Bug Zapper. Uh, it's, it's good stuff. Like, I, I've, I've had this before. This is out of um, shout-out to everybody who is uh, in Boulder, Colorado listening tonight because that is where the Avery Brewing Company uh, breweries. <laughs> but Miles Sanders, uh, Dave, is currently going at the uh, 704 in FFPC best. All right, so I didn't even know, I didn't know that, but yeah, so there you go. You're getting, you keep about a picking a round and a half too early. Could have gotten him in the sixth round, so that's, that's kind of where I'm at. I agree. Oh, man, that's sour. Okay, good stuff. <laughs> All right, let's, let's move on. Let's move on here, Dave. And uh, we just talked about Miles Sanders, uh, the rookie out of uh, Penn State, going in the fifth round tonight. As we look into the sixth round, let's talk about Ron Meyer's favorite player going at uh, the 603 tonight, and that's Will Fuller going to Brian Studebaker, the real men of genius, uh, taking him at the 603 tonight. Houston Texans, you know, they have Kiki QT. They obviously have the 610. Just, just uh, Thank you. Uh, the bug zapper is going right to my head. The uh, <laughs> 610 is Will Fuller, the selection for Real Men of Genius tonight. Can you get on board with that, knowing the pass-catching options that Houston has with Hopkins and, and QT? Does that seem like a, a uh, wise investment uh, when you can get him at the end of the sixth round? You know, if I knew Fuller was going to stay healthy all year, I could get behind it. I just don't know that. And they, whenever when Fuller and QT were both healthy together, it seemed like QT was – and, again, I don't have the stats or the game logs in front of me – Seems like QT was actually doing quite well. He's getting like ten catches a game and stuff like that. Well, I mean that wasn't every game, but he had a few a games. Few like games that, like yeah. So I, I don't know. To me, Wolf Fuller is a little bit of Deshaun Jackson, kind of a one-trick pony. I would never, I would never put him in the starting lineup and hit the save button or and be like, oh, I'm so happy about it. Oh my god, and I'd just be like, oh no. Um, so not really a player for me. Sorry. That's fine. 702, Rashad Penny goes to your mom. Not your mom, but uh, tonight it is uh, Rob Marshall drafting out of the two-spot in Revelation. I feel, I feel like your mom, I, I really feel like through eight rounds, he's crushing that draft. He's doing really well. Well, we could, we could talk about his let, – let's just talk about it. He doesn't have any tight ends through eight rounds. Sure, uh, that's fine. He has Barkley, Royce Freeman, Rashad Penny, and Jarek McKinnon at the running backs. Mike Evans, Adam Thielen, Robert Woods, DJ Moore, wide receiver. I can get on board with that team. Can we just talk – Talk about it through through ten rounds. Just include the tight ends and sure, Hawkins, yeah. Hawkinson and Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews, I believe, is a good sleeper this year in FFPC good tight end premium format. Yeah, uh, FFPC tight end premium format. I think he is uh, an excellent backup tight end in this format. TJ Hawkins, you can do a lot worse than your number one tight end when you the wait. Un- then when you wait until round nine to take your first tight end, I can right. get on board with that. But talk a little bit about his first eight picks. Well, I mean, there's some and there's some risk at tight end because he does not have a star. I, I think that I. Uh, Jared McKinnon went at the 902, I think, in the other draft, if I remember correctly. And now the 811 here. I think that's a really nice pick. When the coach himself, I read an article recently, and he's like, oh, yeah. Our, our Kyle starting, Shanahan. Yeah, our, start, our starting running back, Jared McKinnon. I don't know. When the coach says, oh, right, our, yeah. our starting back, Jared McKinnon, who is you know, a metric superstar. He's never really put it all together, but he's a good pass-catching back at worst. People were telling me last year he was going to catch 60, 70 balls no matter what. The very worst, 60, right. 70 balls. Yeah. I said, no, you're wrong. They were wrong, but that's okay. But nevertheless, it is true. It's possible he catches 60 or 70 passes this year. And if he isn't starting back, he could be fantastic in the eighth round. Gets Freeman and Penny, the two hyped-up rookies from last year that underproduced, and, and Freeman only has to beat out Lindsey, and Penny only has to beat out Chris Carson. I think those are great picks. And then Barkley, my God. Philosophical question here, Dave. Is, is it smart, by and large, and I'm going to go historical on you and put you in an unfair position to ask you uh, to go back half decade here on your data, is it smart to go with running backs in the sixth and seventh round uh, that are now sophomores 
that were rookies going in the third and fourth round in redraft leagues previously. Is that a smart decision by and large? I have no idea. Well, I mean, you, you centered Penny and Freeman, guys who were ballyhooed last year, uh, guys who were being drafted very, very high. And now this year they're slipping again. Yeah, yeah. So you call that, I think what they call it the post-type sleeper. Post-type sleeper, yeah. So these, are, these are both post-type sleepers. In fact, Freeman, Penny, and McKinnon are all post-type sleepers. Yeah, McKinnon actually, McKinnon you, can, was a super. you can include that too as well. well there That's you a go. good point. There you go. So those are three post-type sleepers which allowed him to take Evans, Thielen, Woods, and D.J. Moore. D.J. Moore, you know, still a cat early. But it wasn't the early fourth round. Moore's getting hyped, man. Wow. Yeah. DJ Moore's getting hyped up. For sure. He did have the highest ever phenom score per roto and, and Ever. And, and um, the, you know, you go on Twitter, it's hard, especially when you go on fantasy Twitter, it's very, very difficult for you to log in and not see another positive stat about DJ Moore going forward, especially in, in, in 2019. Um, a lot to like about DJ Moore. A lot to like about our next caller as we go to the 913 here, Dave. And uh, go to the phone lines here. You are on the air on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour with Dave and Balky. To whom are we speaking with tonight? Hey, Dave and Balky. This is uh, John Walter, NFL style from Genesis. Sorry to switch you over again. John Walter. No, listen, that's, that's okay, man. We, we always like uh, hearing. Yeah, screw what, these revelations. No, no, no. Guys. no this is, well, we're going to screw the revelations, guys, and talk a little Genesis here with John Walter. <laughs> but uh, we always like hearing what's going on in, in the other draft because we only have one set of airwaves to go on tonight. So, John, you were drafting tonight out of the nine spot. I don't know where you're at right now. I'm guessing you're, you're probably coming up to, at, at the end of your draft. How do you like your team uh, as, uh, as, it, uh, as it looks thus far? Well, we're in the 19th round, actually, so we're about done. And I love all the DJ Moore talk you guys have been talking because I took him early uh, in the uh, yeah, early baby. fourth round. So I was, <laughs> yeah, I was like, that made me feel better. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, made me feel help. better. Now, listen. And and that's listen. So, we're we're just here to con- we're we're here to confirm um, biases. We're we're here to make you feel warm and fuzzy. Tell us what you like about DJ Moore. Yeah, they, that's what we got, want to get into. Aside from the stuff we we already mentioned, but but what makes you uh, turn on to DJ Moore is is a real difference maker and a potential league winner in 2019, John. You know, every year there's always seems to be that one receiver that kind of you know, seems to have it all put together and then finds a way to really just outscore what everybody thought he was going to do. And, you know, last year was like Robert Woods, a uh, year before that, Marvin Jones. You know, guys like that just seem to kind of just pop up. And, you know, with Cam Newton, Curtis Samuel around, um, and uh, McCaffrey in the backfield, I, I just I, I feel like the Panthers are just going to continue to keep chucking the ball. You know what I like, by the way? Yeah, thank God, right? But you know what I really like is that you then subsequently took Curtis Samuel. I feel Samuel is undervalued, actually. Is that correct? You did take Samuel, correct, in the 11th round? Yes. Yeah, I got Samuel. Yeah, so I, I feel like Samuel is totally undervalued. And you know, you know how I know that? Because in all my dynasty leagues this year, I was trying to – I offered all these, like, early second-round picks for Samuel, which is – supposedly more than he's worth according to the stupid dynasty calculator. All right. And all these people turn me down. I'm like, what do you like Samuel so much for? And they're like, I just want to trade him. So talk a little bit about Samuel too, because it seems like you like him too. Right. Um, So I loved Curtis Samuel coming out of Ohio state. And, you know, honestly, he, uh, everybody's kind of comparing Paris Campbell, you know, they're loving Paris Campbell. And I, I kind of see a resemblance with him and Curtis Samuel. 
Um, but I love Samuel's speed. I think he's actually fast. I mean, he's probably not as fast as Paris Campbell, but he just seems to be more more quick. And I I just really think with Cam Newton and uh, going deep and just getting creative, I, I, I feel like Curtis Samuel can complement the Panthers well. Good. I mean, like – By the way, Cam Newton went to the 14th. Well, I was just – that, that was my point. I was going to say, you know, Greg Olson, Ian Thomas, Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore – uh, Curtis, Sam, you know, like we, we talk about all these Carolina Panthers pass catchers, that all means good things for Cam Newton. Everything I've been reading, it sounds like his shoulder's coming along just fine. So he might be a good value here in 14th round. Uh, Dave, I'll, I'll put this to you. Cam Newton, 14th round. You know what, if he's there in big payback, Kurt and I are going to own him twice. Well, listen, if he's there in the ninth round in big payback, you might own him in, uh, in big payback in Kentucky this year. John, outside of DJ Moore, were there any other picks that you were really proud of or that you're really excited about on your team as, as you look at it, as, as you sort of wrap up Genesis tonight? Uh, any other picks that you really think is, is going to really move the needle for you this year in this league? Well, a little sneakily, um, later in the later in the draft, I grabbed Darwin Thompson in the 13th round, uh, who uh, was drafted by the Chiefs. Um, I'm from Kansas City, so I uh, I love that pick, and I was following him in the off season and watched a lot of his tape, and uh, he's kind of like a mini Darren Sproles with uh, tree trunk size, and just he just refuses to go down. And then at the very very last pick, I picked up James Williams, running back, who the Chiefs picked up as an undrafted free agent. And um, I'm hoping, you know, between the two of them, maybe one of them might, you know, take over Damian Williams' job. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's entirely possible. As long as you, we have somebody who is at least has his finger close to on the pulse of Chiefs football. Let's talk about the Tyreek Hill, uh, Tyreek Hill situation. Two-part question here. He doesn't talk about that. Number one, let's – This is like a fight club in Kansas City. No, we, no we one have, talks no, about Tyreek Hill. No, this is a fantasy <laughs> We need to analyze it. Um, but Tyreek Hill, uh, what do you envision? What's, you know, what's going to happen with him in 2019? And then talk a little bit about what you foresee Nicole Hardman, not for Dynasty, but for what you see for this season only from Hardman. Yeah. Um, so, first off, I mean, if Tyreek Hill is guilty, um, you know, he deserves not to play football. Uh, you know, that's a, that's a pretty horrible thing that's going on, and I hate, you know, having to even read about that because, you know, fantasy football is just a good way to get away from real life and to find out, you know, something like that might be going on. You know, I just really hope that that's not true, but, you know, I think we just have to wait and see what happens, uh, you know, what the law says because uh, not, not a lot of us really know what's going on. You know, Kansas City is a good, like, you know, it's in the heartland. You know, it's good. They're all good people. So they don't want to see <laughs> okay. it. Well, I'm just saying, they don't want to see this yes, stuff we going are. on the east and west coast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. East and west coast. Look, I'm from Wisconsin. To... I wouldn't say everybody right. in Wisconsin. Right, Midwest, maybe. Good yeah, I mean, they're... yeah, Midwest. Yeah, okay. More so than normal. I'm, you know, it's not like Chicago where Blitzomania lives. I mean, you got <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, of crap oh, on there. Jack Hahn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They, you know, left, come on. Left on all the Illinois. Yeah, right. Baker murderers left and right. J- Joe Del Zanero. <laughs> yeah, just uh, what, what have you. Okay, hey, so, one, more, one more quick thing. So I see you just only drafted one quarterback, Sean Watson. Uh, and you're, so you're fine with that. You just figure you can cut one of the guys who sucks and grab, uh, I don't know, like Nick Foles or whatever if you need to, right? Yeah, you know, I, I was thinking about grabbing a quarterback late, uh, but I just feel like there's so much value still left. I mean, I'm looking at it. There's still Josh Allen, Darnold, Brady, Stafford, Carr, Foles, Mariota, Dalton. I mean, even Josh Rosen down there. I mean, I think any of those guys you could easily pick up and plug them in 
you know, I'm, I'm kind of banking on Watson delivering those spike weeks. Um, but if he, if he doesn't, you sure. know, I'll probably just drop one of my uh, leftover guys and, and pick him up. So attention fantasy drafters, just so you know, the, the, this is how apparently players value quarterbacks in FFPC. The number two quarterback in fantasy football last year, what? between weeks 10 through 16, okay. Josh Allen, now, now undrafted, undrafted, a free yeah. agent. No one took him. Anyway, that's uh, right. just so everyone knows. John, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get back to you in a second. Dave, if Josh Allen is a free agent in your dynasty rookie draft, where are you taking him? Yeah, wait a second. <laughs> what happened? Where would you think I would take? I, not that early. That's not. That's not that early. Right. I would. Act, I really would draft him. John, listen. We really appreciate you chiming in tonight. I, I, I am just finding out from NYGmen eighty 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 at yahoo.com in the chat room that the Genesis draft has completed. I believe that is a record time for this broadcast. Congratulations to all <laughs> you guys. Holy crap, an hour and 38 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Good luck uh, the rest of the way, dude. Don't be a stranger, uh, and, uh, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Thanks so much for uh, dialing us up tonight and talking about your draft. Absolutely. Thanks, Dave and Balky, and uh, go 26ers. Yeah, go 26ers, indeed. This is turning into the 26ers broadcast. We'll, go to my, 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 yeah, we'll get to Apocalypse in roughly about 15. Uh, five minutes? Yeah, five minutes. Yeah, exactly. I'm so excited about the Bucks, uh game tonight that. that uh, the Bucks are going to W. Well, don't, don't count. I mean, it's a lock. 80, don't, why would you say something like that? <laughs> that is the worst thing. NBA sucks. Blitz Demania chiming, chiming in in the uh, chat room. Uh, whoa, whoa, I live south of Chicago. <laughs> So he wants to make that abundantly clear, Dave, tonight. Uh, let's get back into the Revelations draft here and talk a little bit about what's been, uh, what's been going on since we last uh, checked in. And it's been a while, quite frankly. Let's talk about the pick that uh, um, uh, Darren Armani made at the 7-12. Now, Darren Armani, we should mention, is the uh, guy who helps, not even helps, he really does 90 Nine percent of the work. It's like saying that the conductor of the orchestra helps to. Right. Yeah. Orchestra. I mean, he basically puts together the pros versus Joes every single year. Uh, FantasyMojo.com is a great resource for FFPC ADP, whether it be dynasty rookie stuff, what have you. I'm a subscriber. Whatever. Yes. And uh, you should talk about his uh, Dante Pettis pit at the final pick of the 12th. Why should I talk about it? Well, because I want to get your insight into this. Because it's Why don't you talk about Dante All right, Pettis. I'll talk a little bit about it. Dante Pettis, to me, as your number three receiver, in, you know, I, and I know he waited on, on receiver. He, he drafted Ertz. He drafted Mahomes. Dave, he violated the uh, cardinal <laughs> rule. Don't draft a quarterback and a tight end early in the FFPC. Uh, now, Dante Pettis, for what it's worth, his ADP, boom. According to FantasyMojo.com, 7-12. Where did he take him? The 7-12. So he is dialed in <laughs> to the ADP he publishes on FantasyMojo.com. But I don't know. I'm a little bit skittish of Don, not only Dante Pettis as my number three receiver, but Chris Godwin is my number one receiver. Yeah, you know, I have to agree with that. I mean, Dante Pettis, last year, he played 12 games, started seven, had 45 targets, 27 catches for 467 and five touchdowns. I mean, you, you can spin stats however the hell you want. That ain't good. <laughs> so, you know, so you're spinning them negatively here. I'm not spinning I'm anything. I'm just saying, is is that good? No, okay. it's not that good as a rookie. Right. If you you know even you know Sammy Watkins, who has subsequently underperformed, he had like 900 yards and eight touchdowns as a rookie. Sure. You know, really good player, players who do well. You know who did really well as a rookie in 2017, and then uh, Cooper Cup, 
and then a Juju Smith-Schuster. And guess what? Holy shit, they, they, they did really well in yeah. 2018. You know yeah. what I mean? They broke out. Actually, it was the other, you know. Anyway, Cup, the, the point being, you, got, you have to have guys who actually perform. You do, indeed. And uh, listen, uh, I, I'm not going to say I know more than Fantasy Mojo, Darren Armani, because, quite frankly, I don't. Blistomania, the, the returning champion of the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship in the chat room. Fantasy Mojo is awesome. Shane P. Hallam, FFPC Dynasty champion. Mojo is the best. So I'm, I'm <laughs> well, not. I mean, he is the best, but it's just because I don't like Dante Pettis doesn't mean No, that's fine. Uh, let's go to somebody. I like the Tyler Boyd No, no, no. Let's go to somebody who I believe does like Dante Pettis ah, here. here As we go back to the 9 2 0. Go ahead, caller. You're on the air with David <laughs> Bunkley no. on the HSFF Hour. Hey, guys. It's Meyer. How can somebody be against Dante Pettis? That guy is a stud. <laughs> everybody loves that guy. He will by lead, everybody I'm He will by far lead the 49ers in receptions, yards, touchdowns, everything. And he's almost an all-pro. And that you know what? That could be true. But he could have 50 for 706. <laughs> Now, I'm gonna, let, let me tell let, you something, Dirk Zach, okay? <laughs> I am the defending back-to-back champion of the Revelations League. If that guy's going to reach and take Dante Pettis, it's not really a reach. It's very good because I say it's good. <laughs> now, I love it. Ron Meyer at Tupacker, the two-time back-to-back champion uh, Revelations uh, League member here. Uh, joining us, uh, rejoining us on the HSFFR. I noticed that uh, you had the chance to take him at the 7-Eleven. You chose Kyle Rudolph instead, <laughs> and Dante Pettis goes off the board with the next pick. Yeah, what happened there? But clearly, so the 7-Eleven, not the correct pick, but the 7-12, an excellent pick. <laughs> 802, he was mine. I already had him queued up. I was throwing stuff. <laughs> I bet you did. The dog, I beat my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Easy, Tyree. All right. All right, so Meyer, um, we, we talked to you about your Genesis draft earlier. Let's talk about your Revelations draft right now. Your early analysis, how did the two teams relate to each other? Do you like one better than the other? Is, is, is one significantly a, a bigger contender than the other, or are they both the same? How do you read these two teams? I'm going to go with the, uh, the Genesis draft is a lot better. Um, you know, kind of like I said earlier, I mean, those guys are not very good. So it's pretty easy to take scoop up a lot of guys that are, you know, good. And, I mean, some some call it value. I call it studs, fell to me, for most of the drafts. Um, this one is more of a lunch pail, kind of solid. Um, not really excited about my running backs with having Todd Gurley being hurt. And then I took um, a very good uh, Florida Seminole Freeman. So that will probably help me out a little bit. <laughs> As your number three, by the way. Yeah, exactly. So, but the problem is, so I got uh, Gurley and Freeman on a bye both week nine. So it's like, eh, who am I going to start that week? Ronald Jones. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's going to be very good because I remember last year sitting at the Kentucky Derby and listening to Gerzak talk about how great he was and how he was, he was drafting him <laughs> in the rookie leagues on every single team he had. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's – I mean, he was talking him up at the Derby last year. I don't know if he had Ronald – Dave, do you have Ronald Jones on every one of your dynasty teams last year? Well, not all of them, but <laughs> as many as I could. I, I don't know. I don't, you know I, 
if it was as many as I could, but honestly, it may only be three or four. I have to look, actually. I own them in a few weeks. Ron, listen, we got to shift over to Apocalypse here uh, in a little bit. I, I think... Um, Did you join that one? You no, one? He, Ron, you one? No, Ron is not in Apocalypse. We'll get to who's in Apocalypse here in a little yeah. bit. But starting your draft off with David Johnson and getting Todd Gurley at the 202, uh, if, you look at, if you look at FFPC best ball ADP, which I understand is not this, this is a classic, but the latest Todd Gurley has gone in, in leagues uh, since the NFL draft has been the 112. So you got insane value according to FFPC ADP. Did you get getting, a backup? Getting him at the 202. Uh, not yet. But let you know, though, ADP is not really out. That's kind of a fictitious thing because the revelation ah, yeah. the ADP and the reason uh, why the football guys contest does not start until tomorrow is because those people demand the ADP to be out and released before the contest starts. So we are, <laughs> we're very generous to take two and a half hours out of our day draft. So an ADP could be established for the football guys. Thank, well, you know, thank you so much. I, I, mean, I really we should have just given you the team for free, but we did happen to charge yeah. it. No, I listen. I appreciate the insight. I appreciate the FFPC, um, uh, you, you know, positive, uh, kind words uh, about the uh, the contest as well. That is always uh, well received by you. Listen, we, uh, we we're going to talk about the brown horse that's going to win it all tomorrow. Um, I'm going to let you go and let you finish up Revelations here, my friend. And we'll talk to you about, I don't know, roughly in about, well, about 13 hours for me because I'm going to be a little bit late up, uh, up to the casino tomorrow. But I will talk to you yeah, then. Roy's picking up at 8.30 and me at 8.35 and 30 seconds. So yep. be ready. So don't fart around. We will see Big Time Bulky a little later in the day. Have a good night, guys. Yeah, that, that, that's hey, the way it goes. It will be morning, though. It will be morning. It will be morning. No, 10, 10.30-ish is, is when I will uh, we'll be up there. So uh, I will. So I will be at the Oneida Indian Gaming Casino in Green Bay, right. off track betting window, by 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. And you don't, you know, if you don't feel like a degenerate loser gambler, when you you will, you will, I will tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. when I go in there and smell. Or, I walk well, in and I smell, the, smell the smoke and the bingo dabbers. You know, but but let me ask you this: Maybe you don't feel that way because you look around you. Yeah, I look around and there's like us and four other losers. It's it. It's terrible. Anyway, it's a lot of fun. So anyway, so, so, so here's what we're going to do. So, right, right, yeah, I'm gonna, we're going to shift to the apocalypse. Dave, talk a little bit about um, this apocalypse draft before you mention who's in it. Talk a little bit about why this came into being and um, why sure. it's special tonight. Yeah, you know, this is actually a special draft. I look at the players in this draft. I, this is a, these are some heavy hitters, man. Wow. I feel like we should make this a two and a half hour show and give them more time, but uh, you know, Revelations and Genesis, they sold out in about an hour, actually. We announced them, and everyone bought the teams, and a few guys, someone got mad, some people got mad. So anyway, we launched Apocalypse just because we thought it would be something cool to have a third one. It actually took until today to fill. But uh, let me walk through the teams. Daryl Wall, Alex P. Keaton is a team name. Dominic Lafiere, getting lucky with Paris Hilton. Lafiere. Whatever. Uh, Dominic doesn't. Dominic uh, Lafiere. Actually, it is kind of cooler to say it the way it's supposed to be. Lafiere. Lafariere. Lafariere. Oh, that's really, No, that's really cool. All right, anyway, so he has a two-pick. Liz Ballard, street smarts, exclamation point, pick three. Larry Jilton, a.k.a. Rednecks. He's a big-time player, number four. Amy Miller, low, fly, and high. I'm not familiar with Amy that much, but that's fantastic. Uh, Greg McLean, second team, Stanley Goodspeed is uh, pick six. Kevin Bassaker and Kobe's crew. He plays a ton of teams. He's a good, damn good player. Pick seven. Greg Cantor, a.k.a. Crack Rock. I love the name Crap Rock. 
He's out of New York, out of the NYC. We love you, Greg. Pick uh, 108. Michael Zuka, Mongooses. Michael plays a lot. Mark Diesel, Diesel, he plays a ton. These guys, I mean, these are amazing players. Austin Martin, uh, ultimate birthday, he joined today. Another fantastic player. He's a good tweeter. And Woody Woodruff with the 12 pick flashers. We know Woody as well. I mean, this is a, this is a super, I mean, again, we're talking, a lot of heavy hitters joined We're talking about setting the ADP, the apocalypse draft. It's a bunch of amazing players. This would be a really good draft to cover. It would be. If we, if we could, if we, we could, if we could load it up. If we could load it up, that'd be great. That would be uh, tremendous. Let me walk, I can walk through like the first round a little bit. Gurley here goes at the pick six earlier than the other draft, so that's kind of a okay. little bit interesting. Right. Uh, Crack Rock is a big fan of Melvin Gordon apparently this year. He takes him to 108 a tad bit earlier than he's been going otherwise. And uh, where is o- ODB does not go until the second round. Wow, really? 204. Okay, so 204, so he's going to, uh, to, to Michael Zuka, to the Mongooses. Mongooses Michael Zuka, by the way, who, um, I, if I remember correctly, either cr- was crushing the Football Guys Players Championship or the FFPC main event last year, was, was, was right up at the top of the leaderboard for the majority of the season. So that's, uh, that's a name to be paying attention to. to, to wow. Wait, okay, so let me, let's stop a little bit. I know we talked about Odell Beckham uh, earlier. Where would you take Odell Beckham? Uh, and, and before you answer that, I'm going to tell you an FFPC best ball draft, Dave. On average, Odell Beckham is not going right now until the 202 on average. I think you would be taking him well before then. I think I would take him eight or nine. I would take these are the players I would take in front of him for sure: Barkley, Elliott, McCaffrey, Kamara, Hopkins. Uh, actually, David Johnson. And it's a little bit close for David Johnson. And then I'd have to consider Beckham or Devontae Adams. And I think I may take Beckham actually. I think Beckham's a more talented receiver than Adams. So if you had the you would take Odell Beckham over Devontae Adams. I think I, I think I would. I mean, again, okay, interesting. Kind of, it's kind of early. You know, I mean, the thing is, like, Julio, you know, Julio is awesome. Michael Thomas is awesome. Devontae Adams is awesome. So I have not, I have not, you know, you're talking about parsing things really closely together. So I, I actually would have to spend some time there in similar tiers. But uh, right now, I, I really do like ODB a lot this year. Okay. That's After, I traded for him in two dynasties I've never previously owned him. Where does uh, just curiously, where does Baker Mayfield rank for quarterbacks for you? Would you take him as in a top twelve? No rookie, uh, not rookie. Uh, uh, in redraft league, would you take him as a um, as a top twelve option? Yeah, I would. Would you take him as a top eight option? Yeah. Would you take him as a top six option? Uh, in that range. In the range. Okay. okay. Fair enough. I, I will not draft Aaron Rodgers this year. I think he's an asshole. So, okay, sorry. let's get I, into I, no, 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 no. Let's get into I'm that. Not gonna, I, I think he's just. I think he threw a bunch of people under the bus. I think I don't like him as a person. And you know what? Because quarterback, because quarterback is such a cheap position. I'm not going to draft Aaron Rodgers probably ever again. Okay. And yeah. who agrees with me? The Podfather. And I'm not just trying to you know go off of his thing. But I don't. I don't like Aaron Rodgers. I never. Matt really Kelly liked from uh, Fantasy yeah. from Roto Underground. Yeah, he's, Fantasy Underground podcast. He's cool. I you know. And I never liked Aaron Rodgers all that much. And I, this is really this whole article thing from Bleacher Report solidified it for me. So unless I get insane value, like a two round value off his ADP, he's out for me. Let's get into this a little bit. And and I, I feel did. I we'll get no. I want to break this open a little bit further. Let's get a little heavy handed. Now, number one, I I want to make this abundantly clear. I am not putting Aaron Rodgers and Tyreek Hill on the same level. No question. No, obviously not. No, I, I just want to I just want to make that clear. But as far as not liking a player, like who they are as a person, who, how they carry themselves, what they do, do you think 
Well, clearly you don't think it's a mistake to say, hey, I don't like Aaron Rodgers. I don't want to root for him. I'm not going to draft him. But you know what? Somebody else will. Right. So there has to be some degree of you don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to return draft value. Because I believe you – hold on, hold on. I believe you to be a shrewd fantasy football player, a smart fantasy football player. But for you, not liking Aaron Rodgers, if I'm hearing this correctly, supersedes – the numbers he could put up for your fantasy team this year, given where you have to take him in drafts. I think part of it, I think, is that Aaron Rodgers, to me, just like in the Super Bowls and just like his overall career, it's kind of not. I think he's got a bigger name than he's actually put up. He's not. He's got one Super Bowl. He could have done better. And he's a big me. That's not all on him. I know. I get it. He's a big me first guy. I don't know. I just for some reason I don't. I don't feel like he's. When, whenever I face Aaron Rodgers in games, like in, in fantasy. I never got you know you know you know how you would get scared of playing Tony Gonzalez back in the day. You'd be like, oh my God, Tony Gonzalez, and he go for ten for one thirty four and two touchdowns. I never got scared of Aaron Rodgers. This is so more of a, doesn't bother this me. This is I more don't of a, this is more of a commentary on his stats rather than it, his person. It, but it's it's a little bit of both. I mean, the fact that I don't, I don't think it is. No, the fact is I don't really like him that much. That's fine. And I mean, in Kentucky, there was one year I took him all over the place in the fifth round, and I, it did it worked out pretty well because he was going in the second round in a lot of drafts. But for some reason, I just I don't feel the need to to reach for Aaron Rodgers as the number two quarterback. I totally, to me, I'm with you, but that has nothing to do with the Bleacher Report article. No, he is as a person that has nothing to do with it for me. Now, maybe that goes into it a little bit. Okay, here's the thing. And and, and, and then Shane Allen is right. I, I, may, I may have, I may have, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I may, so Shane Hallam's chiming in. What if a league... Of, um, I actually meant to tweet of, the text before. Of 12 and all. Uh, don't hate on Aaron Rodgers just because he is gay. That, that's, <laughs> that's, I, I don't, listen, He's got I, a beard, and I, I think he has a beard. I love starting rumors. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready to start. You're not rumors. starting a rumor. This has been out for like six, seven years now. Sir, yeah, all kidding, by the way, I would have no problem drafting a all gay kid, quarterback. All kidding aside, I'm going to bring this back a little bit to <laughs> Rodgers, Tyreek Hill, Adrian Peterson, what happened. Okay. <laughs> right, right. I feel like I've said this on the show before. I think you really need to take emotions out of it. I'm you not being emotional. Just let me. I'm talking to the fantasy owners and the listeners. Oh, thanks. This is your soliloquy. Go ahead. It's my soliloquy. I'm my... This is the balkiloquy, as it were. <laughs> you need to take emotions out of it. You need to separate the man from the stats. In the same way that, God, I'm going to get. Maybe, hopefully, nobody cares. In the same way, like R. Kelly, Michael Jackson, this stuff that's been going on with them last few months. So Louis Farrakhan? Separate the music from the person, okay? And if you can't do that, that's fine. But in fantasy football, you got to separate the person from the stats. And if you can't do that, and if you just you can't condone drafting Tyreek Hill, drafting Adrian Peterson, different positions, what have you, that's fine. But know that other people in your league will have no problem doing that. They'll have no problem drafting Tyreek Hill at the level that they think that he should be going at. They'll have no problem drafting Adrian Peterson no at the level they think that. Hold on, that they. No one cares about Adrian freaking Peterson. I'm just well, you can lump him into the same thing. He's with like this. a 19th round piece of shit pick. He doesn't matter. Well, that's okay, but I'm saying those types of players. That's fine if you don't want to draft them. Somebody else will, and if you're going to let him drop. You have to be prepared for the fact that these guys could kill you 
when it comes to be playoff time, when you go head to head. That's exactly my point. Whatever, whatever it is. That is and if my you're, point is that Aaron Rodgers will not kill me because I don't really. And if he's you're not a muscle of an impact okay. player. If you're prepared to face that, and I, I guess I'm speaking more to the Tyree Kill people. If you're prepared to face that, then that's fine. I, you know, do what you want to do. It's your fantasy team, okay? Nobody else should have a say in it. But I'm saying this is what you're going to be facing if you choose to do that. Soliloquy, balkiloquy, over. Well, thanks for the thanks. Uh, I also like Aaron Rodgers a little bit more than you do. No, that's fine. And that's I don't care. whatever it is what it is. I'm having, I have no problem taking Cam Newton seven rounds later. Or Jameis Winston, or Drew Brees. Well, okay, Brees. let's get into this. Drew Brees, Jameis Winston, and Cam went seven seven rounds later. Aaron Rodgers is currently going at the six oh nine in no, drafts right. right now. Cool. Good luck. Okay, at the end of the sixth round, here's who you could get after him. Yeah, well, I'll, Deshaun I'll, Watson I'll, going at the same spot. All Baker, right, how about this? Everyone except for three players. <laughs> Baker Mayfield going three spots after him. But significantly after him, starting in the eighth round, Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, Jared Goff, Jameis Winston, Carson Wentz, Cam Newton, Dak Prescott, Mitchell Trubisky, Phillip Rivers, Tom Brady, Josh Allen, Ben Roethlisberger, Kyler Murray, Jimmy Garoppolo, right, Lamar fine. Jackson, Kirk Cousins. We get it. Okay. Samuel won the ninth round of this draft. Interesting. Not a com- Again, not a commentary on Rodgers as a person. Commentary on quarterback value. Are we ending? Do we have to end? We have to end. Oh, we have to end. All right. Thanks, everybody. All right. Did you announce everybody who was participating in Apocalypse? I think you did. Who cares? It's over. The show's over. I, did, I just want to make sure you yeah. gave a mention. Okay. Fair enough. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be cutting the YouTube feed here in a little bit. Uh, I'm going to post these draft boards sometime this weekend or early next week so you can take a look at where all these players ended up. Congratulations to the Genesis uh, 26ers for, and Meyer, uh, Ron Meyer, for, for getting done super early tonight. Uh, congratulations to the Revelations and Apocalypse Drafters. Thanks so much By the for way, uh, DJ, drafting tonight. DJ Moore went in the mid-fourth in this round also. DJ Moore is, is like an early ascendant. He is. Uh, it's entirely possible that that's going to happen. I want to thank uh, to all our callers tonight, Brian Studebaker, Rob Marshall, Ron Meyer, Brent Studebaker, John Walter, uh, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you. We will be back at our normal time next week. 10-9 Central, register for the FFPC main event, everybody. Register for a best ball in Dynasty Leagues now at myffpc.com. Good luck uh, uh, in your rookies and startups or anybody who is drafting this weekend. And to get in on the Football Guys Early Bird, remember, you register before June 30th, draft before July 15th, you're going to get a free FFPC team credit. You can do that up to three times, a $250,000 grand prize. As uh, uh, the prognosticator would say, can you afford not to play in it? I don't think you can. Good luck uh, in all your drafts this weekend. Yeah, good luck. Football Guys kicks off tomorrow, everybody. Your weekend starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. That was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. We're on the floor, even more so if we on tour. Me and E explore the country, wondering about the evening before. Trying to explain where the time went. Well, other rappers find a studio to grind in. Uh, I want to say... Congratulations to Apocalypse. They are done. I don't know if Revelations is done as well, but I know two of the three got done within two hours. Tonight. That's pretty amazing. Very good. Uh, good and this speaks well to um, when we have Pros versus Joes, which I believe is the next live draft coverage we have. I don't think we yeah. have anything before then, right? Yeah. Three and three. Oh, those are so fun. 
Yeah, it's going to be. I think we did really well last year. We're not as, we weren't as, not as exhausted. Go to fantasymojo.com. There is a podcast up there uh, announcing the first half of the pros that will be participating, par, excuse me, participating in the FFPC Pros versus Joe's competition this year. Um, thrilled that the Bucks went up 2-1 on the Celtics in, in Beantown tonight. Did I tell you I'm going to the game on Wednesday? I heard that. Oh, uh, they could be clinching. Dude, that's be, that would really be cool. That would be awesome. We'll see what happens. It was not as awesome as it was hanging out with each and every one of you tonight covering these live drafts for the first two hours. We'll be back 10-9 Central next week. For anybody who's got a rookie dynasty draft tomorrow, good luck, except for Dave Gerzak, who you and I will be at the casino tomorrow with a rookie dynasty draft on the way. Uh, hopefully win a lot of money in the Kentucky Derby. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Really appreciate it, and we'll talk to you again soon.